The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello again, and uh, welcome to another edition of the TOST Toddcast here, <laughs> as I was pulling down the wrong slider. Yes, again, welcome to another edition of the TOST Toddcast here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network, found online at belmontmedia.org slash podcasts, and also at soundcloud.com by searching Belmont Media. You can listen to the Toddcast at your convenience by downloading the free SoundCloud app available on both iTunes and Google Play stores. I'm Todd Bloniars from the award-winning Time Out for Sports Talk TV show, available on BMC Channels 9 and 29, and also on demand at belmontmedia.org. And uh, this particular Toddcast, uh, I have to say, has been a long time in, in coming and getting it set up, and I am very pleased to uh, talk about another show, another award-winning show here at the BMC that I was uh, a part of uh, for uh, well over uh, over a decade and over about 130 episodes. I know I directed uh, a few of those uh, along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are uh, very glad. Show, of course, was the award winning through the lens, and it actually did win an award. It won a Golden Video Award uh, thanks to the uh, the co producers of the Wrecking Crew. That would be uh, Mike Higgins and Matt Gandolfo, who are both here uh, on uh, doing a little reunion, a TTL reunion that's been uh, long in the works. So, uh, first of all, we've got Matt here in studio. Matt, hello. Hi, Todd. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic, and uh, I appreciate you uh, making the trip to uh, uh, to come over here, uh, oh. given that uh, we're uh, recording this on March the 14th. We just had our third snowstorm in the in last uh, two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a beautiful thing, uh, especially since I'm in Worcester and got nailed the last two storms right in a row. About the last one was 14 inches. This one was in the neighborhood of 19. So it was a beautiful thing. What can you do? Uh, but no, I'm glad to be here. It's, uh, really happy to be back. And on the telephone lines uh, from the, the great state of Maine is uh, Mike Higgins. Mike? Hi. How are you guys doing up there? It's, it's, um, first of all, I, I want to say that I, I, I was told I could, in fact, express my opinions for the entire town of Belmont. So that disclaimer at the beginning really concerns me that I, I'm not allowed to. But, you know, I'll get through it. I'll soldier on. But. You know, I was almost going to ad lib on that disclaimer and say the, these opinions are definitely not those, and they definitely don't reflect those of the town of Belmont. They don't even reflect <laughs> the, the opinions of me. I mean, this is uh, I never know where you two are going to go with uh, I with clearly the... reflect your opinions. I, I will just tell you what you think. <laughs> I mean, it's been, what, 20, 25 years? <laughs> it means to be by now. <laughs> we all know what to expect when we're talking with Mike. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Actually, I believe this fall, I think September or so, will be the uh, the 25-year anniversary of Mike and I first meeting uh, yeah, over at the Belmont right. High School. Hey, yeah. He never played basketball again after I shut him down on the court that day. <laughs> Sent him home. Right. Ugh. Well, uh, for those of you who normally tune in expecting good sports talk, we might get to a little bit of that later. But, of course, uh, Through the Lens was a, a, an award-winning movie review show that right. uh, Mike and Matt uh, were on for the entire run of the show. I mean, for, do you want to uh, – have you at all talked to any of the other former uh, members of the Wrecking Crew? Uh, uh, every now and then, just messages with uh, Bill back and forth on uh, Facebook, basically, Facebook, yeah. is pretty yeah, much the sadly. extent of it. Life has um, life has interfered where we've had we've um, we've definitely gone to the opposite ends of the of the earth here. So um, 
Yeah, it, unfortunately, we, we kind of have lost a little bit of touch, but, you know, thanks, thanks to Todd for... Um, Putting the band back together. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. Well, like I said, hopefully we could make this kind of a semi-regular event. Uh, so we're talking movies, and I, I thought this was a good time of year to try to bring this reunion together because uh, you know we just had the Oscars, mm. and uh, so uh, movies are fresh in my mind and uh, are in all our minds. So what we're uh, why don't I just uh, go to your guys' thoughts uh, on the the Oscars and what you thought of? Uh, I know you guys don't see, tend to see a lot of the Oscar movies, although Matt, you did kind of mention just before we came on the air that you did a little cramming. Yeah. I, I, binged, I binged six or seven of them uh, the weekend before, the Saturday and Sunday before, just so I would uh, have an idea of what I was thinking and what I was talking about when I was making my picks. But uh, yeah, I, prior to that, I, I unfortunately have not had much opportunity to go see many movies uh, since we stopped doing the show a couple of years ago now. But, yeah. um, you know, it's one once I realized we were doing this, I, I decided to uh, man up and and uh, get some uh, movie watching done. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing that to go back when we, we go ahead. When we first started doing Through the Lens, it was real easy to go see movies. And we would have, you know, 10 or, you know, we'd do it once a month and we would be able to see four or five movies. And yep. and then all of a sudden, the kids started coming. And, and, <laughs> and, and wow. <laughs> yeah. No, They're that's... little people, but. You know they they take a lot they they take a lot of time. They, they, they I guess do so, Mike, because you only have time. one of those little people. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, she takes a lot of time. Believe me. She, she, oh yeah, she's opinionated enough for twelve. Let me tell you. <laughs> Just turned nine and. <laughs> well, well nice. Harry Potter, she's not having it. So. <laughs> well, I, I assume both you guys actually got to watch some of the the Oscars uh, ceremony. I mean, uh, I did actually. I, I watched it on Hulu a couple okay. of days. Couple of days later. I didn't get to watch it uh, watch it live, but I did watch the entire broadcast. Fair enough. On. Well, that's that works just as well. Uh, second straight year, Jimmy Kimmel's uh, mm-hmm. got into host. What's your thoughts on on him as a host compared to a lot of the other hosts they've had recently? You want to take that first, Mike? Um, I actually like him as a host because I think he brings the right kind of irreverence to to the especially especially this year because there was, you know. I don't know how far we want to go into this. I don't think we want to go into it, but there's a lot of ugliness in the world, and and it's touched the entertainment world with the Me Too movement, um, everything that happened with you know Harvey Weinstein and practically like every other man you know man in Hollywood, and rightfully so, these are getting exposed. So you need someone with a with a real deft hand to bring humor to this, but still have some sensitivity. And I actually think that Jimmy Kimmel has really the gift of being able to do that. Um, you know, I've seen, a, I've seen a few things in his show where he's gotten really passionate about political issues and has still been able to be an entertainer and still deal with these issues in a way that's responsible. Um, so, yeah, I think, he's been, I think he was a great choice for host. I also think it was a good move to bring back Warren Beatty to read Best Picture again <laughs> after the uh, cluster that happened last year. So that was, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, see, um, but yeah, I think he's a good choice. I, 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 I think you need someone that can run that with a, with a pretty deft hand, and he can. And um, you know, so I think it was a good choice. It was someone definitely that they needed someone experienced that wasn't going to try something that was going to fall flat in space. Yeah, and speaking of that Warren Beatty issue from last year, I actually never even saw that. Um, I heard about it, obviously. But never witnessed it myself, so I was kind of a little bit out of the loop when you know all the jokes were flying by. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's what happened last year." It wasn't re- really on the top of my, right at the tip of my brain. But I thought he did a good job. He brings a lot of levity to the, 
to the broadcast, and especially Mike alluded to it as well with the just the movement, the political atmosphere of the country, which I'm not going to get into here either. Um, it it was it was still fun, and I think he's done a much better job than a lot of others that they've chosen over the past decade, decade and a half. James Franco screams to mind. Well, yeah, there's there's one <laughs> most certainly, um, but. Yeah, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know that they would ever consider planting somebody in there as a de facto host. That's just going to be an annual thing. But if they were going to choose anybody in that particular role, I think he would be a good candidate for that. Maybe, man. I'm not sure. I mean, I, they've done. I don't that think they'll ever do it. But and, and, and I, not, you know, I'm going to age myself a little bit now that I remember when he did this. But I know back in the, I'm going to say. 60s, and I could be wrong, 60s and 70s, maybe in the 50s, they had Bob Hope a lot. Right. Uh, he was kind of the de facto host, and then, mm-hmm. you know, of our generation was Billy Crystal. Right. But I think, I don't know that they could ever find anyone to be that kind of de facto host, because it's a big gig. And, um, and there's a lot of responsibility, and there's a lot of work to put it on, and I don't think there's a lot of money in it. So you, you, you would have to find, it's hard to find someone that would have that kind of that kind of dedication to it. Yeah, and talent that's not busy doing something else that's going to pay the bills a lot more. I mean, you know, Jimmy Kimmel does a nice job hosting the Oscars, and it's, it allows him to build his brand. I mean, I don't think it hurts that the Oscars are on ABC and Kimmel, Kimmel's on ABC. And his studios of his show are, like, right down the street or almost across the street, I think, from where they have the Oscars. Uh, something close like that. By. Yeah, they're, they're I mean, very, there very are a lot close. of people that wouldn't be good at it. I mean, you know, frankly getting into TV and all that, I think one of the best commentators and, and comedians on TV today is John Oliver on HBO. Mm-hmm. And, yes. um, yeah, I like that show, too. <laughs> yeah, it would be a disaster as Oscar host. You need, you need <laughs> the right person that has that kind of pop culture. I mean, you can maybe get a Jimmy Fallon, but... Stephen Colbert? Maybe Colbert, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't think Jimmy Fallon would be good, because I think he, I think he would be... I, I just think they would try to play like too many little games and try to be a little too. You think he turned it into t- into and the Tonight Show? This thing along. I mean, you know, it was the lowest rated Oscar telecast. I, I mean, yeah. it's also going to change. I mean, it, it, it's too blood and too long. But I mean, that's a. I mean, people have said that for years. But it, you know, something's going to change. Well, give Kimmel some credit uh, as far as trying to shorten things up. I, I love the, the idea of giving away the jet ski. Yeah, I remember <laughs> for the shortest speech. And at first, I thought it was going to just be a joke, but it looked like at the end they actually did give away the jet ski. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and for the second year in a row, I noticed that they did something where they brought celebrities out or, or real people into the telecast. But last year, they brought an unsuspecting tour guide into the theater and, and had them do stuff. Um, and then this year, I guess, apparently, I didn't see it. I wasn't watching that part, but they went into a movie theater with a bunch of celebrities. I, I did see this part. Yeah, it was right across were, the street. From across the, the street, they were screening a, uh, a Wrinkle in Time and uh, had planned in uh, Gal Gadot and... I forget who else went over there, but uh, seven or eight people group, along yeah, with group, uh, along with Kimmel went over there and surprised everyone handing out snacks and candy and all that good stuff. Uh, it made everyone's day in the theater. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a ni- it was a nice little thing that he did. But now let me ask you: if Kimmel hosts again next year and they do something similar, is that going to be funny and a nice little thing? To like, okay, really, we're going to do this again? No, no, that's something you you have to sprinkle right. that in. It's like uh, you know when Ellen did the uh, the selfie that broke the internet yeah you know that's not something that you can pull out every year and try to do 
You know, you yeah. have to use those sorts of things sparingly. So I think Kimmel may have, you know, brought, it was his one-off trick that he pulled out and he'll have to think of something new the next time he goes around. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, it, maybe they'll have to cycle through a different host. I mean, I wonder if part of the reason to bring Kimmel back this year too, was just because of the way last year's Oscars ended with the whole Beatty fiasco. Maybe they wanted to give Kimmel sort of like a, a second chance to, you know, I don't know. That's well, fine. I, and not that any of it was his fault. I was going to say, just, I wouldn't blame any of that on him. No, no, no but, it, but it all kind of happened on his watch. It happened on his said, watch, yeah. Give him a chance to do a clean, error-free Oscars. I don't know. I think he handled it well. I yeah. really do. I think he handled it well at the time. Mm. So I don't think that was it. I, I honestly don't. Um, but I think he did handle it well at the time. How about uh, James Corden as a possible uh, future host? Again, different network, but his studios are based in, in Hollywood, like Kimmel. <sighs> You know, mm. maybe, maybe, but but it's got you know, that celebrity karaoke thing uh, that is yeah. All I can the already rage. tell you're gonna see you're gonna see a you're gonna see a, a 25 minute carpool karaoke segment. And do you really? I mean, they're great, but do you really want to see that if you're watching the Oscars? Do you really want to see that? No. I mean, half of the reason that the ratings are so bad. Think of they're never going to come back. The ratings for the Oscars are never going to come back. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's just clear. I mean, think of think of what Matt said at the beginning of this. I watched it on Hulu a couple of days later, where I could fast forward People through all the speeches. Don't watch content the same way. I mean, I you know, in my professional life outside of this, I I, I deal with internet content uh, for a radio station, and we're seeing changes in the way people consume content. I mean, I don't have cable or satellite TV here. I have. Mm-hmm. An internet TV package actually through Hulu that gets a lot channel. But, yeah, I mean, and so you can fast-forward, you can consume just what you want. So I think for the, the rating's not going to come back for a three-and-a-half-hour telecast where we're, you know, spending time with interpretive dance and all that stuff. It, it's got to change. They, they, that's how they're going to get more people to watch it, more younger people watching it. Well, I was, I was going to bring that up too, is that one of the things that I think is just over the top is, you know, having somebody perform each of the original, uh, songs that are nominated for best. That's uh, a big best time song. filler. Thing. That's a, that is a huge time drainer. Tra- I don't know, it's just a time waste. Yeah. Um, and just, it just sucks up. It sucks everyone into this hole. Um, I think if they were to eliminate that, that, but then again, you have all the other awards that have live performances, but they're not. They're not on the same level as those other words when it comes to the live performances, because let's face it, when you're talking about Oscar nominated songs, you're not talking about real crowd movers, you know? So. Well, in some cases they are. On, on occasion, some cases but they are. for the most part, they're, yeah. they're usually not. Um, but I think that would be one way to try to shorten that, uh, is try and eliminate some of that. And I think you know, they do the technical uh, awards, you know, the week before, two weeks before or whatnot. I think some of those categories could probably shift over to that, that group that, uh, and, you know, award those later on. Cause what do they do? Like three or four of the technical awards now? Uh, I don't on, even, I yeah, don't it's even not, know. It's, uh, they, it's they, not they, they read the list of, of winners and it was like four, maybe five categories that they did. The one that was hosted by Patrick Stewart, I think. Uh, that they just showed very briefly and ran down the list of who won. Yeah. But, you know, I think a lot of these other technical, uh, 
technical categories could be shifted over there. And I think that would help save, you know, and, and help bring viewers back. Cause if they can get that down to about two fifteen, two and a half, be done right at I, 11 o'clock Eastern. Right. Right. Start at 830. Three, three hours wouldn't be done, but it's, it's, it, when it's three and a half and it, you know, it's, it's that, and you don't think about a half hour, what does it mean? But you know, there's a lot of padding in that telecast. That's it's, yeah, no, I, I, I think they their 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 target really should be to get under two and a half. That would be my. No, and, that's that would be my. If I if anyone asked my opinion, that's what it would be. <laughs> and nominating eight pictures for best picture, uh, great. You know, that was designed to get some more popular movies in. But everyone knows that, the, like, a, a movie like um, Jumanji. I, I just pulled that off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. That wasn't one of the nine, though. No, I, I know that. I understand that. Um, but I, first of all, I don't think Jumanji was released in time to be. I think it would be for this year. But Jumanji made a ton of money. Do they really need to reboot that movie? By the way, since we're gonna, I I know you guys love veering off. Absolutely the not. Okay, thank you. That's not okay. just my opinion. However, however, did did either of you see it? No. no, it was a vehicle for the Rock. That's all it really it, was. I'm going to tell you. It was a hundred percent better than it had any right to be. <laughs> All right. Well, it was a very good movie. Uh, but what I'm saying is, when your expert- you expectations are low, best picture to try to get more eyeballs in the show. But everyone knows it's not going to win. Right. However, it it it's made close to what Star Wars made for money. So why is that? So you know, it, 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 that's the thing. Is because some of these movies that were nominated. You know, they could be artistically great, but... You know, but, Mike, this has been a long time debate, we've, hasn't we've it? Had this you guys we've had this discussion... This. I, mean, uh, I know, I know, I get it. Dozens of times. That that, me, and I didn't see it this year. That would be the People's but, Choice Awards or something yeah. if you want to talk about popular movies. But, you know, the other thing that bothered me, um, and I didn't see it this year, so I don't know if they did or not. The last few years when they've had the dead people come on, they've had somebody singing over it, and they've muted the mm-hmm. crowd noise, and that always was my favorite game is who got the biggest round of applause? And who were the people that just got <laughs> in, huh? in memoriam? Yeah, I only caught the last half of this too. Yeah, and I know had... a lot of times there's usually like a major omission or something. That seems like the last few years that's been the the big flaw with it. But yeah. did you see the whole thing, Matt? I did. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam singing a Tom Petty song uh, during the the video in memoriam. Okay. Um, I don't remember any big omissions. Do you remember what Petty song head. it was? was I, it, uh, I don't know. Okay. Was Kevin Spacey's career in the in memoriam, or did they miss that one? <laughs> no, uh. it was not, and that's probably another subject we should yeah. try to Just steer away from. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. brakes. <laughs> Pump the brakes, will you? Oh, oh, Mike, you on. never change. I, I, I should go out and direct the Oscar show. Like, like that business Matt and I wanted to start years ago when we go out to Hollywood. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you have to pay us to read your script, and we, we say yes or no if you can make the movie. It would stop half of the crap that was out there. <laughs> That's right. Well, what did you guys think of the, the actual winners? Matt, I'll give you some credit because like I think it was the six major categories. You got what, <sighs> I four, was four out of six? Four out of six, yeah, which and, was better than I'd done any time we had the show going. And you did vote on those after you had like binge watched all the movies, after right? After I binge so, watched okay. as much movie, as much content, I finished watching the last movie about 20 minutes before eight before they started the broadcast. Wow. So that's why I decided <laughs> to text you at that point just to get it on the record. Sure. Um, but yeah, so uh, I've, there were a couple of that were just no brainers on that one. Um, 
Well, I you mean, know, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman was, was the right. I yeah. mean, that's was an excellent movie. That one was uh, it was a very good movie. Uh, a lot of information that I just you know was never taught in school. Um, but well, plus he also had the factor he had never won a Best Actor, and Denzel Washington mm-hmm. and Daniel Day Lewis both had. I mean, so that might play into it a little bit. I know, right? I know Oscar. The the people on the the committee will never admit to that, but <laughs> well, they love a big historical transformation, and that was. Right, and they were only probably three or four times during the course of that movie that I really recognized him as Gary Oldman. He was not, he played that part brilliantly that you really couldn't tell that it was Gary Oldman. You can say that about a lot of the roles he plays, though. I mean, that's that's how good an actor he is Absolutely, in yeah. Absolutely, but, you know, just the, the makeup, the, the, whole, the whole package sure. for that was, uh, it, it was just phenomenal, and... He was one. That was the one pick that I was one hundred percent sure I would I would get right on that. And they got the award for best makeup and hairstyling. I was just as you said, as makeup. Well. Yeah, yeah. So they deserved it. Right. So absolutely. And the best makeup I, and I hairstyling is probably that. one of those categories that could be. You know, I, I I lost track because I had barely seen any that were nominated. Um, I'm sorry. What'd you say, Mike? I, was 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 the Darkest Hour nominated for best picture? Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, that was, it, end was Dunkirk, too, was nominated, too, right? Yeah, I honestly yes. thought it was going to be one of those two with maybe the post being a long shot. I was very surprised mm. the shape of water. Uh, that, that, came out, that came literally out of the blue. <sighs> Pun somewhat intended. I yeah. I wasn't all, I, to, I, to be honest with you, I was not all that thrilled with it. Visually, some of the, and from a technical aspect, from the way it was filmed, some of those scenes, I know So there there's was... really people and fish kind of getting it on, for lack of a better... Coitus, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Sheldon Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, okay, there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Todd, it... Todd you, just spent, you just spent about five minutes of Google when you, when you get off this podcast. <laughs> You'll probably find that, yeah, there's a lot of people getting it on with fish, because that's the type of world... We're in the end times, you know, that's the type of world we're in. <laughs> Oh, so but well, nobody, maybe that's why The Shape of Water got Best Picture. But then. this was the first me. time it ended up in a major motion picture. Yeah, like. <laughs> and and one Best Oscar. And one Best, best Oscar for I mean, it, too. Like, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, see, I, I from a directing standpoint, I can see where Guillermo del Toro would have garnered the, appraise, the praise for that just because some of the techniques he used, um, specifically for one particular scene where everything, an entire room was supposed to be underwater, and it was filmed solely with lighting. And it made it look like it was underwater, yeah. just lighting and smoke and things like that. And she, the actress, was uh, suspended on cables, and it looked like she was floating. And it was, you know, from a director directorial standpoint, I can certainly see. Overall, I wasn't impressed with the movie, though. Mm. That's why I didn't pick it for best picture. But it was. I forgot I was, which. Who did you pick for? Or what did you pick for? Uh, I picked. Oh, the uh, billboards. Bill, right. Three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, I figured it was either going to be that or. Uh, the Shape of Water, and I went with my yeah. personal favorite pick of the ones that I had seen. And, was... and see, that'll, that'll dovetail nicely into uh, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor. We get Frances McDormand, who I always will remember for Fargo, and right. Sam Rockwell, who I always remember for Galaxy Quest. <laughs> okay. See, I always remember him as Hammer from... Yes, uh, he, was, he, was he, was, he was high. He was what? Who? His last name. <laughs> Cool. Hammer, uh, in uh, Iron Man, uh, Marvel thing that we'll probably oh. get to a little bit later. Oh, okay. I've he seen was, Iron he Man. Was like, I don't remember. Uh, Iron Man 2. He was the rival oh. the, the rival uh, arms developer oh. okay. that was trying to yeah. trying to take I, over the business I, after. I'm right there with you. I just remember yeah. Guy. Guy, <laughs> yeah. 
We gotta get out if of I had, here. If I had seen the Chuck Barris, yeah, I know. Well, if I had seen the Chuck Barris uh, biopic there, I, I might have thought of <laughs> Sam Rockwell for for that role. Was, you know, I, I heard they were supposed to be pretty. He did a pretty good job uh, recreating that crazy human. <laughs> but I thought I thought he did a, a fantastic job uh, in in uh, Three Billboards. Um, did you see that, Mike, or no? I did not. I, no. I have to admit, I didn't make any picks because. Um, I really didn't see many of these many of well, these movies. Little known fact um, is that first well, that our very first show reason, we were making all sorts of picks. I, I I live in more of a shall we say rural area. I mean, it's suburban Portland, but <laughs> where I live is not known for um, independent movies or the smaller movies getting up here. Now we do have an independent movie theater in Brunswick. Um, but once again, they don't have late shows, and, and with a, an active child, with you know, girls goes one night, just one night, I don't get there that much. So um, I did get to see Dunkirk and um, The Darkest Hour, but I did not get to see the other ones. I know Shape of Water did play up here. I haven't seen three billboards playing up here yet. I may have missed it, but it's not in the in the mainstream theaters, and that's that's the problem. Is I don't have as much access to to the smaller movies up here that that others do. Um, we do have one very, very, very fun little independent movie theater that has replaced their front row with couches. It's a great place to get movies, but it's hard to get. It's hard to get to at six o'clock at night. Right. Yeah. Uh, finally, uh, I guess uh, the only one we didn't cover here: Best Supporting Actress, Allison Janney, who's uh, actually won seven Primetime Emmys. Now she can add an Oscar. She's halfway towards the uh, the GOTE. She's actually been nominated for two Tonys, but wait, has wait, never wait, wait, won. Stop! 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 What? You are the only human being I've ever heard call that. Goatee. It's EGOT. E-O-G-T. Well, whatever. I mean, I don't... EGOT. EGOT, sorry. So, so yeah, she got the Emmy, so I guess she would spell it that way exactly. So E-G-O-T, right? She's got the E and the O and been nominated for two Ts, but hasn't won. Uh, I know, Mike, you were very disappointed that... Uh, uh, Laurie Metcalf of Roseanne fame, uh, who was also nominated, did not uh, win the Best Supporting Actress. I, I actually was. Um, I, I never... <laughs> I definitely was. Um, yeah. You okay there? You like file? Are you organizing your notes or something? <laughs> to be completely honest, um, my uh. my assistant in Harry Potter pajamas came in. Oh. <laughs> wanted something and handed me a note, and then she went rambling back up and left the door open so you could have heard the whole house. So. I was trying to get her attention to come and close my door. Well, a big hello <laughs> to your production assistant. She's very talented. Absolutely. She is very talented. She has actually already brought me a, um, a Mickey Mouse coffee mug full of Diet Pepsi halfway through because she knew I was getting a little parched. <laughs> I was able to signal her for that. I'm glad she didn't <laughs> refill your other cup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. We don't do that. No, that, that, other cup is, that other cup is no no, no refill. No bueno. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um... No, I, I would have liked to have seen her win it. Um, but, you know, Allison, you know, Allison Jenny deserved it. It was also good to see a movie like I, Tonya, uh, get recognized. Um, you know, another one that was a real quirky telling of, of, of a story there. I don't think it played very well in Stoneham, Massachusetts. And no, I'm I... sure at least one notable Stonemite didn't see it. But Now, who did she play no. in that movie? Uh, Tonya's mother. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Tonya's, Tonya's mother. mother. Yeah. By the way, I give credit to Janie here, too, because I can't remember the last time a star from a, a current TV series won an Oscar while... You know, so so that was like during the break from the show she's on, Mom, 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, so she during her break, she shot this and won a Best Supporting Actress. I can't think of too many people who've done that as their side thing and then won an Oscar for it. Helen Hunt? For okay, as, good, oh, as good as it gets, yeah. That would probably that, be the last no, one. Was, was sure. as good as it gets? Was that on during Matt while she was doing Mad About Mad You? That's about the only you? thing I don't remember. I'm pretty the sure it was. Yeah. It sounds like it could uh, be in the same time frame, but I, you know, I, it, I'd, I'd have to go back and check the dates. But right. it, it, it's it's very close, if not if not part of that. Yeah. Okay. I, I can't. I actually can't think of. It's actually that's actually a really good. Um, I mean, I can't. I can't imagine there are that many. That's why I sort of brought it up. That's what makes it kind of impressive, mm. right? I mean. Yeah, that's something yeah, well, I would I definitely mean, have to you know, research. You know, it's, it's, you're not going to see a lot of TV actors who are in a current series jump into a prestige role like that. It's it's rare just because of the topic of it. But yeah, I, I can't think of anything. Now that you say it, I'm, I'm sitting there trying to think of something and I can't at all. No. And tying this all yeah. into the Thursday night TV lineup on CBS, uh, you know, back to Laurie Metcalf. Uh, Mike, you educated me. I did not realize this. I mean, Laurie Metcalf plays Sheldon Cooper's mom on The Big Bang Theory. And, of course, now there's the new spinoff, Young Sheldon. And the actress who plays Sheldon's mom on that show is Zoe Perry, who you told me is Laurie Metcalf's real-life daughter. Because as I was watching the show, I kept going, wow, this woman playing Sheldon, young Sheldon's mom looks an awful lot like Laurie Metcalf. They, they couldn't have found a better actress. Oh, well, they did. It's, well, they it's, did. it's a daughter, so I guess it makes sense. I had no idea that that was Laurie Metcalf's daughter. Yeah, I, I, I thought the same thing because, you know, we, we, we let my daughter watch it. Uh, you know, we've had a couple of, oh, my God, I can't believe we just let her watch that moments on young Sheldon that came out of the blue. Um, oh yeah, that's. I had to get a little risky. Yeah, but, but, I think the show in general is cute. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but what kind of whole, you know how long that they're going to go with that series? But you, I can. You have those moments watching everything, whether it's SpongeBob or Young Show. Better than it than yeah. has any right to be. Uh, and we have CBS All Access, so we actually, you know, we can watch it online and stream it. Uh, if you go and because I have a nine-year-old who likes to watch things over and over again, um, we went back and watched. The, the the run again, and the first couple of episodes do not have uh, Annie Potts as the grandmother. And right. that's when the show took off, when Annie Potts came on as the grandmother, because, because oh, sure. they, they brought a light to that show that didn't have at first. No question. Um, and yeah, I, I think overall, the only reason that I think the show, if it's going to have a long, sustained shelf life or any kind of shelf life, is going to be, I mean, the, the kid they got to play, young Sheldon, they couldn't have found a better actor here. I mean, he's, you know, because that's one of those things that if you don't get the right actor, I mean, that's going to, you're going to go 13 episodes and you're done. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, they they found, a, a per, I mean, I guess in real, this kid really is like nine or 10 years old. A lot of times you think it's like an older kid, but it's not. I mean, the kid's playing his age uh, or Sheldon's age on the show. Yeah, no, it's it, it's definitely it's oh, sorry, the microphone dropped. Uh, it's definitely a a good show and it's well cast. Um, what I find interesting is that you know his father has passed away at the time Big Bang Theory came on, but we have seen Sheldon's mother, Sheldon's grandmother, and his sister on the Big Bang Theory. The sister was only on one episode. She was. I was. You know, I was thinking about that as I was it's watching. It's early in the run. It's okay. Run. Yeah. It's a typical early run where the sister shows up and every other one of the guys tries to, you know, hit on her. We have not seen the brother. 
but they're moving to a point where the brother's going to have to show up because they're getting to where Sheldon's getting married. And they've been talking about how his mother wants the brother at the wedding and all that. Yeah, you know they must be tying that they want to tie this all together and bring the whole cast. You know, not the same actors, obviously, but they want to bring all those characters from the from young Sheldon to the present where they see older Sheldon getting married. You're right. I didn't mean to veer off topic yeah. here from the movies, <laughs> but I just and uh, they've actually started to tie it in on the last episode that I watched, which was last week. They actually talked about, his mother said, you're going to have a group of friends around you. And it was actually also why Sheldon hates geology. Oh, yeah. The origin of that. It was actually kind of a clever episode. Um, You know, thankfully half the jokes went over Allison's head because (laughs) there were a couple that went, ooh, God. But, Mm. you know, we also let her watch The Good Place, so, you know, don't judge us. (laughs) Hey, if we're staying on the subject of, of the, the Big Bang and, and young Sheldon and all that for just a minute, I have to tie this together, too, because uh, I wanted to mention this. We're recording this uh, this podcast on March the 14th, which is also known as Pi Day. Pi Day. Uh, and also we found out, I guess, in the very early hours of this day uh, that Stephen Hawking, who made mm-hmm. a, a cameo on the Big Bang Theory, uh, passed away at the age of 76. Uh, apparently, I guess a New York Times tweet today said, uh, Stephen Hawking liked to say he was born 300 years to the day after Galileo died, and he died 139 years after Albert Einstein was born on Pi Day, a holy holiday for the mathematically inclined. That was a fitting bookend, which I guess it really is. I mean, for a theoretical physicist to uh, pass away on on Pi Day. I, actually, the most amazing thing I find, if I have to say one thing about Stephen Hawking that's most amazing, and I did not realize this, he's had ALS for 55 years, and mm-hmm. I've known a few other people who have had ALS and have not lived that long, and normally the expectancy after you're diagnosed is usually less than five years. And, right. Um, you know, so the fact it, that he, It was an aberration that... What an aberration. 55 years. I yeah. mean, he was diagnosed when he was 21. I mean, wow. That's... It's crazy. But. And, yeah, and it's... He's got one of those minds that he's going to be held up in that, that esteem with the Einsteins and the Galileos and the, you know, Sir Isaac Newtons of the world. Uh, at some point in time, he is going to be, he's going to be listed in that same, that same category uh, of, you know, just remarkable people who have contributed such, you know, so much to humanity as a whole. Yeah. And 30 years ago this year, uh, he released his, uh, he wrote his first book, A Brief History of Time, which I guess now has sold well over 10 million copies. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was on the, the UK's bestseller list for like over 200 consecutive weeks. And, you know, I have to think just, you know, I, I think Big Bang Theory is probably on a little break because of the NCAA tournament. But mm-hmm. when it comes back with new episodes, I'm sure there'll be a quick little tribute somewhere in the episode uh, to uh, to Stephen Hawking's that's appearance a, on the show. That's an how far ahead they've shot them. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, every, everything that they're going to be airing is already in the can, I'm quite True. sure, but it, it'll most likely just be a slate, you know, towards the end, or maybe, uh, you know, just it's almost like a PSA that, that they... What's that? Just the what? He's, he has several guest appearances on that show. Yeah, you know, now that you say that, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, but okay, sorry, didn't mean to. That was a really long detour off the <laughs> uh, right. the movie it's talk, but par for the course. Actually, though, but this will also be good because you know what? Uh, I kind of figured we've, we've wrapped up enough Oscar talk there. Why don't we talk about recent movies that you guys have seen, and I've even seen a couple, and maybe some movies coming up uh, this summer that you're looking forward to seeing, or later this spring, or whatever. I have a little list here, uh, Mike. I couldn't get you the list, so I, but I'm sure you've got your own list anyway. So I have it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a walking encyclopedia on movies. You just ask me anything and I'll tell you. Sure you are. Okay. <laughs> what is the best boy? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I'm. See, that's the assistant to the grip was the electrician. Ah, okay. there you go. See, he knows his stuff. See that these podcasts can be educational if you listen <laughs> every you know, now and then. If he gets a to like the thirty-five minute mark, but anyway. And <laughs> as an aside, in yep. the classic nineteen eighty hit airplane, oh. in the credits they credit the actual best boy, whoever it was, and then right underneath it, it's worst boy, and that went to Adolf Hitler. But now we can move ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I mean, certainly the, uh, and it's a movie we've all seen, so I guess we can start by talking about this. It's been number one in the box office for the last four weeks, and of course, I know it's right up your guy's alley, because you love all these superhero movies. Uh, Black Panther Panther. in the long line of Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I got to see this, too. I actually wanted to see it just for this podcast, and... uh, my take was I'm glad it was sort of a self-contained movie because I have not seen every single Avengers character's movie, and I'm glad this one kind of was able to stand on its own. But I thought it was very uh, very well done and even you know, you know know had some nice social messages in there too given kind of a following up on the state of the times we're in that uh, I know you guys brought up a little earlier. Yeah, and I mean I, I enjoyed it thoroughly too. I was It was nice to see that it was a self-contained movie story that you did not have to follow the you didn't have to know the storylines of the movies that have come in the past to really appreciate what it was there were a couple things i could have done without there were a lot of um let's see how shall i say um i'm trying to think of the the best way to say this without getting the FCC involved. Um, well, this is a podcast, a pod- so I don't think well, so. But let me just say the following podcast is produced or sponsored. The contents, views, and up. Oh, sorry, yeah, I'm just, no, just going to read the disclaimer. Um, no, go ahead. You know, a lot of social things that um, you know that are you know trends on things like Twitter and YouTube and the old you know Vine characters and things like that, which my kids watch YouTube constantly. So I I'm exposed to this on from every direction all day every day. Um, they threw a lot of that in there, and I'm not entirely certain why. I don't think it needed to be there, but... I actually don't know what you're talking about, man. I what actually don't either. I'm a little lost. Well, you remember when he walks into the uh, the lab and his sister has one question, he says, what are those? Oh, the, yeah, okay. So, so things, the, Little things I, like that. Meme, I guess, yeah. Yeah, so if you're going to th- start throwing memes into you know, major movies that are, you know, expected to make $1 billion in their first four hours in the after release. But is that like a long time meme or was it just a coincidence that they used that wording perhaps in the, uh, you think no, they were it was, intentionally trying it was to go intentionally, the... okay. intentionally referencing that meme. And it, Got it. it wasn't the only one. That's the, that's the one that sticks out in my mind as the most, most prevalent one. But there were a few others that I could have dealt, I could have done without that. It just, they seemed out of place in my opinion, but I don't know if that's because they're trying to get, you know, more 13 year olds involved who are spending all their time watching, you know, Viners on YouTube. Matt, I think it might've been that, but I also think that, and I, you know, I don't want to delve too much into the psychology of a character, but (laughs) that character of the sister, um, was kind of, for the lack of a better word, like the cue of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, I actually think they were trying to establish her as kind of the younger, I bratty comes to mind. That's maybe not the right word, but the younger sister who would have been would have been talking in memes like that. I mean, of that generation. Mm-hmm. And what, what I liked about that was, even though she was stuck in the lab and was kind of the nerd, quote unquote, um, she was still very much, you know, a real character had some depth to her. Mm-hmm. 
and actually had a purpose in the movie. I mean, it was it was unusual for for a movie, first of all, to 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 be of all Africans. I mean, I'd say African Americans, but it was set in Africa. Um, you know, you know, black actors, black characters, male and female, both having purposeful roles in this movie. I think that's that's what the thing was. That even taking race out of it, it was, you know, there were women characters in that that were. I mean, his his protection guard was all women, mm-hmm. so there was a lot more inclusiveness in this movie, um, and it had a good plot. And the action was well staged, right? And it was it was very well done. I mean, visually visually it was it was it was amazing, mm-hmm. um, and it was well acted, well directed, and they had touches of humor in it at at different times that were just absolutely perfect. It right. wasn't jarring. It wasn't forced. It all came in with the story. I mean, it was just a, it was just a good story. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. a very entertaining story. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd agree with that. I mean, one of the other things that struck me as it being a little different than the some of the uh, Avenger movies I have seen is that you have a uh, a villain or a bad guy in this. Uh, you know, obviously the the role played by uh, the actor Michael B. Jordan, who's a rising star in the business, and he, he it's the first time I think he's actually played a character that's been really a bad guy, and yet at the end you sort of feel a little sympathetic for him. Uh, you know, and it's almost to the point where you don't think. Uh, you know, uh, the the lead character there, played by Chadwick Boseman, is actually going to, you know, they, you know obviously they're cousins, or is it cousins, right? Yeah. You don't think he's actually going to kill him at the end, but, you know, he, I, the Michael B. Jordan character says, I, you know, you need to take me out, or whatever, and that's, you know, and he was willing to, you know, kind of sacrifice himself. I thought that was kind of... Uh, you know, interesting, but but you know, as he was being killed, you know, you, you didn't feel the same way that you do feel when most bad guys get killed in, in these movies in, right. the, in the Marvel universe, anyway. Right, because he, I mean, he had, had a, he had had a tough go of it before then, and had a legitimate gripe, you know, uh, mm. going into the, you know, he he had, his motivation was pure. Um, so you did you, you know, knew where he was coming from for that. So the way he went about it was a little bit different, but you know, so be it. It worked, and I it, Mike made a good point about uh, the uh, more inclusion of uh, strong female characters uh, in the the movies. Which didn't that it, sort of play into the message at the end of the movie too? Oh, abso- uh, or, abso- absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, and Marvel, uh, they the only real you know f- strong female character they had for quite a while was the Black Widow character. Um, played by now, Scarlett Johansson. By Scarlett okay, Johansson, right, okay. yeah. But then, you know, then the Netflix series Jessica Jones came around for, you know, a female superhero with her own movie. And then you're going to have, later on this year, you'll have Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then mm-hmm. I think in 20, was it 2019 or 2020? Captain Marvel, Captain yeah. Marvel is coming out. Um, so they're they're really pushing into that. And I think, you know, the overall success of Wonder Woman uh, last year was... Something that said, okay, this is, we can go all in on this because people will go and in droves to see a superhero movie with a woman as the, the, the lead character. Yeah, so. all you do, you know, the, the formula isn't you need a woman or a man character. Just make a good movie. Well, that, that yeah, works too. Just sure. make a good movie. And, you know, getting out of pleasure, but you mentioned Wonder Woman. The, the the I think it's Warner Brothers that has the DC franchise yeah. hasn't other than Wonder Woman hasn't managed that they they have managed to screw up 
You know, a, a printing press, I bought it. Batman versus Superman should have literally made all of the money. We, we should have been just dealing in, like, you know, rocks at this point because all of the money would have went to that. Mm-hmm. And they made a terrible movie Yeah, with a couple of bright pods. And then they made Justice League, which, which succeeded only because it was just slightly to the left of terrible. I mean, it was, you know, they, they've made these dour movies, and you Wonder Woman is an outfit. It was a standout. And yeah, it was led by a female character. Yeah, it was the first time she'd ever appeared on a live action movie. The first mm-hmm. time in a feature the first time the Wonder Woman character was in a major feature film. Yep. Was in fact the Lego movie, but we won't pass into that because that's a little bit embarrassing. Um <laughs> you know, they'll go see them. I mean, you make Halle Berry as Catwoman and they won't see it. Well, so we won't watch women's superhero movies. No, it's because it was a terrible movie. Right. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, to some people it does, but to the most of the general public, all you need to do is make a good movie with a compelling story, and they will go and see it. And that's what Wonder Woman proved. Right. Okay, I'm going to veer off on a tangent one more time since we're talking about women leads in movies. Your thoughts about uh, the Ocean's 8 movie that's coming out in June, which is going to be sort of a all-female remake of Ocean's 11 with three less characters, <laughs> I guess. <sighs> I, well, well... I actually, that's a great example, Todd. It's a great example. It dovetails in. I've seen the previews for that. I did too. Well, you can't make an Ocean's movie with all women. You know what? It looks good. It looks really, really good. Interesting mix because you have, like, you know, Sandra Bullock, established movie actress, and Mindy Kaling from The Office (laughs) and The Mindy Project and other TV shows. It's a regular time. I mean, now she's Oprah's best friend. Mindy Kaling is going to be everywhere. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean that's the thing. It probably will get backlash. I, I'll I'll veer a little further off. Um, I had to I had to um, I, I had some movies on on an online service that Disney did, and um, they closed that down. So we, you had to you had to transfer them over to a new service they were starting. And as an incentive to go over, they gave you five digital movies to go on the sur- on the service. One of them was the Ghostbusters remake with Lawrence mm-hmm. McCarthy and Kristen Wiig, which I had seen in the theater. And so we've watched that a couple of times with Allison. And I- I'm sorry, I don't care the backlash. I think that movie is a funny movie and a well done movie. But it's 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 that's the opposite. It's like when a backlash comes with, and I hope that we've gone away from this a little bit, where people have started to react to this backlash. Um. You know, there's still people, I'm kind of disproving my point, they'll go see a good movie, I can realize that, but, you know, that's a backlash of a good movie that got buried because of stupidity. And I, I hope Ocean's 8 doesn't, because it actually looks like it's a good movie. It looks like it's going to tie in and be a pretty good movie. I think given the state uh, we're sort of in, societally speaking right now, I think that's also going to probably help against maybe some of that backlash that you're talking about. Maybe if the Ghostbusters movie came out now, this year, Maybe it would, it would have, have been a, a little slightly... bit more well received. I yeah, think. maybe. I mean, I, I actually did end up seeing part of it on uh, one of the movie channels, and I didn't think it was bad. I mean, you know, it had its moments. I have maybe, not but, seen but it. But then the story comes out yesterday that the Netflix series The Crown, the woman Claire Foy, who played Queen Elizabeth, who was phenomenal, got paid less than uh, Matt Smith, who played Prince Philip. I mean, this is literally the woman who played the Queen on the series about Queen Elizabeth did not get paid the most on the series. It didn't get paid as much as it cost So I, I hope it's changed, but, you know, who knows? 
Well, I mean, but that's also an well. official plug to watch the crowd on Netflix. <laughs> well, for those of us who have Netflix, uh, I well as you guys I do. do apparently. Okay, <laughs> yes. so you guys will watch it. Uh, well, Mike, I, I know you didn't see this movie, Matt, so we'll keep this one quick. Sure. Uh, Game night. You and I both saw it, Mike. Uh, I liked it a lot, much better than The House that you and I both saw together last year. Uh, I don't know why I, I equate these two movies, because the plots are totally different, but maybe the whole game element makes me kind of want to lump them together of sorts. But uh, I think, you know, great cast. Uh, the only one little, if I, you know, I'll pull out the Matt Gandolfo pet peeve I had in this movie. Uh, there was one bit of, of continuity, since you saw the movie now, I'll mention it, uh, you know, there's the scene where Jason Bateman's character is like bleeding all over the place and then it sort of gets forgotten about the rest of the movie. Like how did the blood just disappear? Yeah. Like why I, did he I, stop he bleeding? Kind of suspend that disbelief well, okay, and that's what I was willing to do because I, I generally enjoyed the rest of the movie and you know, uh you know, seeing uh, Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights playing out of character type by being sort of the 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 wacky brother kind of thing, uh, you know, was sort of a really out of character for him, but I he made it work. I didn't even know he could really do, you know, Kyle Chandler could even do comedy. But, uh, you know, as I said, it kind of blended well. I mean, I just, it was a good storyline. There were a lot of twists and turns in it. I liked it. What'd you think, Mike? I thought it was very good. I, 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 I thought it was, you know, I went in like, it was a four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. I was like, ah, you know, what the heck, I'll just go, I'll watch this. And it was, it was, um, yeah, much better than any right to be. Uh, J- Jason Bateman, he, he's kind of, he kind of plays that, Kind of every man befuddled, like almost a straight man to the wackiness going on around him very well. Um, but he can also be smart alecky as he was as a, when he was a child actor. Yeah, a little he bit. Kind of plays a little into bit. that. Uh, the smart alecky, but also reacting to the stupidity around him and, and calling it out. It, it, it was very similar to what he played um, as Michael Bluth on Arrested Development, which right. is mm-hmm. a, you know, a great show. Which kind of began his adult career too, so it's interesting you say that because yeah. he sort of played a lot of those types as an adult actor. Yeah, no, I and the thing was, I kept I the, the plot had a mystery to it too, and it was kind of like, okay, all right, I guess I don't quite see where this is going. Which, you know, for for a comedy, um, was was refreshing actually to say, okay, you know, this is. This just twisted again in a little ways, and okay, it twisted again, and I'm not quite sure where it's going. And then there were parts of it that were just downright gruesome. Um, you know, I'm talking about the jet engine scene right at the end. I was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was... I haven't seen that since Indiana Jones, but we'll just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sure, go ahead with that one. Um, <laughs> no, I really, I really enjoyed that one a lot. I, I really did. Um, I will defend. I thought the house was much better than you did. You, you, you obviously did. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying, compared compared to to Game Night, I liked Game Night much better. I mean, well, Game I just, Night was better, but considering the alternative, the evening we went to see the house, which would have been we would have been in a 27 inning Red Sox game where they lost. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't hate the house. It just you know, comparing it to this movie, I just it doesn't really compare to me. But no, no, no. Gonna, Game Night was our spirit, and once yeah. again, it was like that was better than it had any right to be. Yeah, um, no, I was I, I was pleasantly surprised, but uh, yeah. No, actually, that, I went to that because uh, on my first attempt to go see uh, uh, Black Panther, which I assumed after four weeks would not have had long lines anymore, uh, sold out. Was sold so out, yeah. That, that was my fallback. And then, you know, the next day I went back, I, I, I got my reservation online ahead of time for Black Panther, and that worked out much better. There you better. go. So anyway. Just to touch one thing about Jason Bateman, um, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but uh, it's another Netflix series called The Ozarks. Uh, very dark. Um, 
And he and stars in he that. He's the starring character in that. He's uh, he's a money launderer that's uh, you know trying to fight for his life and his family's life, and um, moves to this little resort town on a lake in the Ozarks wow. to try to you know finagle his way out of a sticky spot. So it's a very good show if uh, if mm. you're into that sort of thing. Very good. Yeah, no, he really epitomizes the uh, success story. You know, you hear about all these child actors who, like, wash out or have all sorts of problems as adults, and, you know, he's kind of the antithesis of that. I mean, he's showing that you can be a successful child actor and a successful adult actor. It's, uh, I know, you know like he's... Justine Bateman. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, right, you know. Well, at the time, I mean, his older sister was the bigger star on, on TV. I mean, she right. was certainly in the bigger hit series at that time. But, you know, yeah, where is she now? I mean, I know she did some... Uh, she was on Lois and Clark, the TV series. I remember that, but that's about it. I don't know what else she's done in the last 30 years. Yeah, no, nope, me either. Matt, Matt, get ready for this one. Yeah. He's actually going to come back into a TV series. It just was announced, like, in the last week. You didn't see that? Who is this? Yeah, Justine Bateman. It's going to be in a remake of the classic I Married Joan. Uh... I, I thought it was going to be a Family Ties reboot. Isn't that all the rage now? We're bringing back old sitcoms. And I know, Mike, when I talked about Laurie oh. Metcalf before, you totally ignored the whole Roseanne reboot, which I'm kind of looking I, forward I, to I, in a weird way. But I know, Mike, you've got I some strong opinions. I yes, you have some strong opinions in the other direction. Any of these reboots, I watched <laughs> the first episode of Will and or Grace when they brought it back, and I was so horrified at how bad it was. Um, that I was just so over it that I have not watched any rebooted TV series like that. I mean, it's it's a naked money grab. It's what it is, and mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm not going to watch. Well, they've been doing it in in movies for for years now, right? Yeah, so wh- TV why? Says, why yeah, not us? T- the TV studios are like, well, we need to get in on this party here. Um, you know, to me, oh. there's only been two, one, because the other one was a reboot off of a movie. There's only been one successful rebooted TV series where I was proven wrong and the reboot was about. Hawaii Five-0? No. Battlestar Galactica. Oh, oh all right. I'll buy that. That was clearly a superior TV series. Uh, the second one. Uh, the other one I was thinking was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but that was that was rebooted off a terrible movie and it's made into a very good TV series. I know there had been some brief rumors, and I know, Mike, you and I are certainly were big fans of this show. Um... Uh, we know it's not going to come to pass now because, and I'm not saying this is good news because it certainly isn't, uh, you know, John Mahoney, great character actor who played uh, Martin Crane on Frasier, uh, just passed away recently mm-hmm. from cancer. And uh, I, I know there had been talk, you know, right after the Will and Grace the reboot started up and they mentioned Roseanne was in the works. They, they talked about Frasier because all those actors and actresses were all available and would have been, I guess they were talking about it. I don't know how far they ever got uh, to do it. I, I know now with, with the passing of John Mahoney, I'd be surprised if they were going to continue moving forward with that project. Yeah, I, I don't. And I don't I, even know how serious the project ever was, but. I don't think if it was, if it was at a point where they were, I mean, in real development talks, I don't think that that character would be one that they would have to. I don't think that would make or break their decision on that, no. to be perfectly honest with you. Wow, okay. Well, that's interesting. You know, it, it, after a while, it's just sad, because you go back and watch a lot of shows that you, you loved. Right now, once again, with, with the nine-year-old, she's, decided, she's discovered Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the, the early, mid-90s sitcom. Mm-hmm. Nickelodeon and show. And that was, you know, huge back then. And I'm watching it now, and I'm like, oh, this is 
terrible. Oh, horrible. I mean, yeah, so, you know, like the Will and Grace, it was like, at the end of Will and Grace, they just became shrill caricatures of themselves. And the one I watched inexplicably involved Grace redecorating the Trump White House and Will and Jack running around the White House hitting on Secret Service agents. It was stupid. Well, weren't they also supposed to explain, like, when the original series ended, the, they sort of had a flash forward and the characters had these sort of storylines, and when they brought the show back, they didn't really explain why none of that ever happened. Yeah, it's, I don't know. that I, was I my understanding, too. I didn't too. watch it because I didn't care. Neither did I. Right. I don't know, and I don't know what the Roseanne reboot, you know, again, this is another one with Roseanne because that the last whole season was a figment of, of Roseanne's imagination and, or and a book she was shown, writing. And, oh. They've actually already showed a preview where they deal with that. Um, oh. Where they're basically going to just blow it off and say it was a dream or something. She happened. dreamt about writing the book, so now, <laughs> there you go. Well, so it's a dream a within a dream. <laughs> everyone, why does everyone think I'm dead? You know, everyone always yeah. thinks I'm dead or something like right. that. Right. Uh, because he was sleeping so deeply. So, I mean, they're, they're going to deal with it that way. Hey, hmm. it could be good. You know, frankly, more power to them if they want to do it, but. What is net? Netflix only has that for what eight eight uh, eight episodes for their run? Yeah, but they've already they've already renewed it for a second season, I think. For what? On the air. For the Roseanne. Well, that's on ABC. That's not Netflix. Roseanne's going to be on ABC. Was yeah. Roseanne's oh, going to be I'm on sorry, regular sorry, television. Sorry, I yeah. I, was I don't know how many episodes only. it is, but they keep promoting it on ABC. I've been seeing yeah, no, it coming up. The, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Right. I, the other re- the other reason I thought it was, it was Arrested Development, and I mm. hated the season they did of Arrested Development because it was you can't you can't recapture that lightning again. Um, yeah, because they only went one season when they brought it back, right? It was like one... Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and it was very disjointed because they couldn't get all the cast at the same time, so they filmed it when they could get that cast available. So there, there are characters that don't interact with each other. It, it's, it's, it's very strange. Um, well, I, I'm wondering, with Roseanne, they're bringing back the whole cast, but that also includes Johnny Galecki, who is now kind of too busy. With, I would think he's kind of busy with... a couple of episodes. He's not okay, so he's... Right, I was going to say he's not fully committing to it, because I would think his no, plate's pretty full, right? Why would he commit to that crap when, when he's making when he's the oh. highest paid actor on TV? Is, is he really? I didn't... I think he's, he's close. Mm. Wow. Close. For, you mean, well, I would think if I was, uh, the, if I was Jim Parsons, I may not... Really, you oh, know, no. given how popular he is, I would think he, no, you know, Nick Cuoco, Jim Parsons, and and Johnny Galecki are all paid the same. Oh, okay, all right. I think I think the guy who plays Raj and the guy who plays Howard Wallowitz are close to them now. Um, and then, um, but contractually, must make like a dollar less just to sew it. <laughs> so the other three can hold it over them, though. I don't... <laughs> Penny and, and 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 Sheldon all get paid a lot of money. Right. Okay. A lot. I mean, you know, then there's talk of a Friends reboot. I mean, please don't, don't. That would just be sad. Back to your point on Battlestar Galactica, Mike. I don't know if I technically call that a reboot because they didn't bring back the original actors. I mean, yes, the characters were. You had a Starbuck and all that, but then they also redefined it. I, it's a. I guess it's still considered a reboot because you have the same show and the same characters, but it's. But it was kind of a. a, It was like reconceptualized. Reimagining. Yeah. No. Reimagine. Well, exactly, Matt. Because you know. Will and Grace, Roseanne, they're just sort of picking up where they left off. Oh, we just took a 10, 20-year break. You know, and we're back. Right. Playing the same characters in the same place at the same time. But, yeah, no, I, I think... Wants to see that? But Galactica's a little different. I, I don't know if I'd put it in the same category. Maybe not. And they did bring back one of the originalizers. But, you know, okay. Oh, which one was that? Richard Hatch had a significant role in that. Oh, he did? Oh, okay. 
Yeah, actually, he 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 played a very interesting character in that series. You couldn't tell was a bad guy or a good guy through the whole run that he was in. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's it gets enough Hollywood. It gets we don't have any original ideas left. You know, we we just don't. We reboot Vacation with you know. How was that? I never did. I wanted to see it, but I didn't. And is it? Are you telling me it's not worth watching? Uh, it's just on TV. Yeah, it was once again another one that was. Um, was better. It was better than it. It was better than it had any right to be. Okay. Well, there you go. So, hey, speaking of re. Well, this isn't a reboot. It's a sequel. Let's bring this back to Hollywood again. Uh, you know, among the the summer movies coming out, I you know, if we want to get into Avengers or the Star Wars movie or or Mission Impossible, that's mm. fine. But I, I also wanted to quickly bring up The Incredibles two. Now, this was to me an animated movie, which I thought was extremely underrated when it first came out in two thousand four, and I really liked it. And now, what? Eight, 14 years later, they decide to come out with the second movie. I mean, good thing it's animated. You can bring all the same voices back. But uh, what was the, I mean, I guess from what I read about this, the, the, the reason they waited so long is they didn't have a good story developed and they wanted to wait till they, they had the proper story to tell that would make for a good movie. But does it take 14 years to do that? I don't know. But also, they, they also the way Pixar, the way Pixar operates um, is the director owns, the, you know, basically owns the story. So Brad Bird, who directed that, also they had to wait for a good story and then wait for him to be available again uh, to do that because that was his project. Well, what else has he? Di- I, I mean, has he been busy direct? I don't know what else he's directed. He's done a lot of other things, and I, I, you know, the minute I said it, I, I knew you had a question me on it. I can't remember. What he, <laughs> okay. Well. Been a very, no, he's been a very active director, and I just can't remember what he's done off the top of my head. Um, somebody listening will probably, you know, tweet in the comments, "You, you moron! He did this, 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 and this." Um, and to that person, I say hi, and you know you can probably develop a life. So. And to that person, I say thank you for commenting because we've never had one of those on a podcast. But anyway, <laughs> we'll answer every one of your comments. We'll answer every every email you send to the through the lens email. There you go. <laughs> hey, if you want to send a le- uh, email to the through the lens the the TTL show at gmail dot com, go right ahead. It's still in it's still in active use. And what's your Twitter handle? Uh, mine is uh, at. What is my Twitter handle? I don't know. I, well, I forget. Well, you know, I what? never. I hardly ever use it. How about uh, this? It's at Matt or at TTL Matt. But you I do. Think. You follow. I do. You follow, follow the you. Time Out for Sports Talk Twitter handle, which is at TOSTBMC. And, and when we get this up and uploaded for you to uh, to listen to, uh, I'll make sure I get uh, Matt's uh, Twitter in, included in the uh, in the link. My, anyway. my Twitter handle is Pontifex. P O N T I F E X. Right. All right. That's it. You you tweet anything you want at that handle on a response will be guaranteed. Pontifex. Okay. It's at TTL yeah. Matt. You That's, couldn't remember that? I, no, I, <laughs> I so rarely tweet. It's it's wow. it's just it's 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 sad. Okay. By, by by the way, are we are we off the air now? Because that Twitter handle I gave was actually the official Twitter handle for Pope Francis. So I hope I hope that he gets a lot of good tweets about movies. That's fine. I, no, we're still we're still rolling here. This is a oh, the I, gave away, I gave away the post. You did. Sorry, the disclaimer. Did. Okay, <laughs> read the disclaimer. Hey, are there any other movies you guys are looking forward to seeing? Well, it's, by the way, just really quick. Speaking of bad reboots, I don't even know why they're doing this. Death Wish, Bruce oh, Willis. Good lord. Oh my god. What's up with this? I mean, to me, Charles Bronson is the only person. When, if it was word association, you said Death Wish to me. I would say Charles Bronson. I'm never going to say anyone else. Bruce Willis in this role. Forget it. I don't know why they're even. You know. I don't get it. I mean, Again. with an iconic actor like that playing, you know, or I'm talking about uh, Bronson, of course. Right. Why would you want to try to reboot that movie? But anyway, 
Uh, what movies this summer? You know, summer? You know oh, what I'm ahead. excited about, Stan? Yes. I'm actually chomping at the bit to say, because I've actually read the book a couple of times and listened to it once on an audio book, is Ready Player One. Mm. Um, that, I don't know if either of you have, have read the book or are familiar with the story. No, but I've seen the previews. It has lots of 80s music, and for that reason, I might, I, I saw the preview <laughs> in the theater, too. It looks... Hopefully, if you watch the previews, because there's more than 80s music. Oh, there's all kinds yeah. of 80s culture working its yeah. way into there. Uh, the... Car chase? What's that? Did you see what he's driving in the car chase? Um, oh, he's driving a DeLorean yes. from uh, Back to the Future. Oh, no, yeah, he's driving the DeLorean from Back the to the DeLorean. Future. The DeLorean, okay. It is a complete love letter to 80s pop culture. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, now I have to I see it. <laughs> I don't even care what the plot line is. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the, the, plot line, the plot line is um, it's set in a like a dystopian future, and it's about this time, maybe a few years in the future, and basically the world has gone to hell, and um, the only thing that's around is this thing called, the only thing that's like a saving grace is this thing called the Oasis. Essentially a virtual reality internet that people, like, go to school in. Basically everyone lives in the Oasis because the world is just a, like, Hunger Games type deal. Um, and the man who invented the Oasis, the richest man in the world, he died. And he leaves a game behind called an Easter egg where you have to find these three levels. And, and the winner gets basically control of the Oasis, which basically makes them the most powerful and richest person in the world. Um, and there are people that are trying to find it to save the Oasis because the Oasis is completely free to use. And then there's a corporation who plays the villains who are trying to get it and basically monetize it and cut out the world out of the Oasis and make billions of dollars off of it. But it starts, I mean, they refer to the Atari 2600 game adventure. It, it, it's all 80s. I mean, it's all, because this guy, is a, the guy who wrote it, this Ernest Klein, is a huge, like, 80s pop culture. And he owns his own DeLorean and all this. Um, but the book is, for especially someone me that grew up in that area, and I know, I know Todd did too, um, and Matt as well, mm-hmm. um, it, it, the references in it are just amazing. And it's, it's a really good story. And that would also be one that'd be like, oh, they screwed, they're going to screw it up because, you know, it's just going to be a quick money grab. But the fact that Steven Spielberg is directing it makes me, makes me have hope that they're going to stay. And, and the early reviews said they stayed pretty close to the book. I mean, they've obviously had to make some changes, um, but they, they stayed pretty close to the book. And there were a ton of just kind of Easter eggs and 80s references. In there. The, I don't know if you remember the movie The Iron Giant. Um, this one kid basically creates a fighting robot, which was the Iron Giant. If you and that in the previews, yeah, King Kong is in the previews. I mean, if you if you if you watch the previews, if you know the story, you can start to pick up what the references are. There's a there's Battlestar Galactica references. There's, there's uh, it's, it's uh, a lot of lot of video that'll, game that'll references. Probably, yeah, if, if it's good, will benefit from multiple viewings because you'll miss things the first time. But I'm really excited about seeing that. Yeah, not. Not the biggest sci-fi fan here. I'm not familiar with the story or the book or anything like that. And I'm also not a real big fan of Steven Spielberg when he's directing sci-fi movies. Oh, sorry. You know, anything after E.T., which I don't know I don't know that I would actually put that in a sci-fi category per se, but, you know, anything that I've seen him actually direct, not all that impressed with. In terms of the sci-fi movies, but I'm, I'll be willing to reserve judgment until I see said movie, which I'm sure I will because my wife's a sci-fi buff. So I'm sure that's going to be well, something I, that I, I have to go love. Love the book. 
Um, and the movie looks like they're getting they're getting fairly close to it. Right. Uh, so I'm I'm really hopeful for that. Staying on the sci-fi bent for just a quick moment, what about your thoughts on the uh, Star Wars movie coming out this summer? Uh, actually, Memorial Day weekend, Solo, a Star Wars story being directed by Ron Howard, a well-established director, uh, including, uh, I guess it's introducing Alden Ehrenreich as a young Han Solo, and uh, the uh, the kid from Community, uh, Donald Glover, is going to play uh, the young Lando Calrissian, and I guess uh, Woody Harrelson's in it, too? I don't know what character he's playing, but... Uh, I mean, is do we love this just because it says Star Wars? I mean, I have to admit, I wasn't really that enthused about the fact that J.J. Abrams is trying to bastardize the Star Wars series by releasing movies every six months. But after seeing the preview in the theater, it pulled me in. <laughs> damn, damn you, J.J. Abrams! Oh. Yeah. Um, I think... I... Oh, go ahead, Matt. Uh, I was going to say, I just think the fact that it's... Uh, it's in the same universe is going to be its, its bank. It, it's... You know, they're going to be raking it in hand over fist. And I, even if it's not all that good. I mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed the last Star Wars movie, The the Last Jedi. I mean, I liked that was good. Well done. I could have waited three True. years for another well, you Star have Wars to, movie. You, 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 I know the younger generation can't wait three years for another Star Wars well, movie, so we no, have to fill and, with and all this, this stuff. This is uh, kind of disjointed from that particular storyline as well, it, it, the way that Rogue One was. It's a standalone, yeah. you know, feature but that's it's kind prequel. of in between the stories. But it's a prequel as well, mm, of sorts. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. yeah. I have to say, first of all, um, you know, Ron Howard's getting corrected for credit for directing this. That's not entirely true. Oh, I'm sorry. I read that. I uh, no, 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 the... no, no. It's true, but the fact is that Ron Howard was called into this halfway at three quarters of the way through the process. There was. And I think it was the guys that did the Lego movie, um, and I can't remember the names right now, started out directing this, and they got replaced by Ron Howard, which to me, first of all, is a red flag. Um, yeah, why isn't Abrams directing this, or is, did he only just do oh, the... Oh, J.J. Abrams is not directing it. In fact, he's got nothing to do with, with these standalone movies. He's got nothing to do with Oh, well, then I should be directing my damn you at someone else then. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry there, Mr. Sorry, Abrams. Sorry, I can tell you exactly who to direct it at. Kathleen Kennedy, who is the head of Lucasfilm for Disney. Damn you, Kathleen Kennedy! Okay, I'm, I feel better now. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I, I, think, I think this has the potential to be the first flop in the Star Wars universe. Wow. I, I probably am going to be wrong, and I, I, I'm going to, very likely going to see it because, you know, it's... Because it's Star it's Wars. That, um, but well, it is the only big movie coming out Memorial Day weekend, so... Yeah, I'm not as excited about it. I was very excited for Rogue One, Mm -hmm. Um, because that was telling a, telling a very contained story. And I actually, I actually loved Rogue Rogue One because of the fact that it filled in a gap and they didn't try to contrive it to have a happy pat down pat ending where they all go off and have another adventure because there was no way they could have. Um, and then also, cause it also brought back a really badass Darth Vader at the end, which was just, which was just awesome. Right. Um, solo, you know, I, I, I'll see it. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be good, but I'm not. I don't think it's a slam dunk for me. I really don't, and I'm a huge Star Wars fan. But this no, one is like that's what I'm saying too. Is I don't think that the quality of the film is going to be up to par with the rest. Yeah. But the fact that it is a Star Wars quote unquote Star Wars movie, yeah, is going to be enough of a draw that yeah. from a financial standpoint, it'll be wildly successful. So. And, and Todd, just so you can direct another damn you, 
Um, <laughs> you, you, you go further in, you, you go back and touch on to the way people are changing, changing the way they consume media. I know CBS, have launched a new Star Trek series that's available only on their only online on their platform. streaming. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew um, that. It's yeah. a, and it's actually I've seen I've seen several episodes of it. It's pretty good. Um, later this year or early next year, Disney is putting out their own streaming service. They're going to pull all their movies off of Netflix. Off of Netflix and they're yeah. going to launch their own streaming service. Um, that's going to kind of encompass a huge chunk of their programming. Their, their animated movies, their family movies. Won't pull everything off of a lot Netflix. of the Marvel movies and Star Wars. And John Favreau is now been signed to produce and direct a live action Star Wars television series for that platform. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get less. You're going to get as much content as they can shove down your throat. I guarantee. You know, does the younger generation with this these new flock of Star Wars movies? I mean, are they even into it the way we were? Back then, I don't think they are. I don't think so. Well, I mean, maybe me, I'm biased because I'm me, and I'm in, I remember the original generation of movies because I was well. Was let me give you a hint. Saw them live, but <laughs> there must be an interest in it because the Walt Disney Company in Orlando and Anaheim are dedicating, I think, they're fourteen or fifteen acre plots in in Orlando. It's at the studios, and Anaheim is off of the original Disneyland. To a new dedicated Star Wars, Star Wars park, land. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be an immersive Star Wars land in those theme parks. So the interest is there because you don't make that multi billion dollar investment in, but, in interest. Will it be like but Epcot see, where thing, I can go from Endor to right. Tatooine to the Death Star all in one walk? Here's, can I? here's the thing, Mike. <laughs> those are catering to you. They're hoping that you, the nostalgic person, is going to be dragging your kids to the Star but, Wars but, theme park. But they're not set. They're not set on the class. You can't walk to the to the because they're set on Jakku from the from the new from the new um, the new um, trilogy. You know, you, you they're not based on the old films. They're based, and maybe it is nostalgia. I mean, they're going to put a hotel in Orlando that's a Star Wars hotel that's that's immersive to the point that the windows are all going to look out in the space. I mean, they're going to have screens to look out in the space, and you're going to be given a mission when you walk in. I mean, so they're, they're, yeah, it's, it's to the, maybe to the little bit older crowd, but they're still trying to, to wrap up. Because, the, Matt, they could, they could go to me, but, you know, in 20 years, it, they're going to be half the market for the sugar crowd because, you know, in 20, that's going to be there for 20, 30, 40 years. So they're, they're hoping it's going to stay around, and they're, they're putting a big investment in it. Right, and they're, they're just hoping that our generation is going yeah. to be instilling this love of Star Wars into our kids, which, yeah. to be honest with you, I have a couple myself that are very big fans of the Star Wars. Have uh, they watched the original ones with you? Oh, absolutely. And do they enjoy those too? Yeah, or? yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Right. They they will, yeah. you know, they will pick those if we're given choices, oh, you know, okay. to watch. So. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Okay. So they do, they do have an appreciation uh, for the, elders, uh, the older ones. Here's my idea for a hit game at that new theme park. Whack a Jar Jar. That'll work. Kind of in the whack a mole theme, you know. It's Absolutely. perfect. I think we'd all like to get out our frustrations on that. Or a memorable through the lens episode. Didn't we go did we go one hour or did we went an hour on that one? We did, yeah. That what was, on the, uh, oh, the Jar Jar? Well yeah, no no no. Right we now. had a well no, it wasn't uh it wasn't episode one. That was um that was the re release of the originals when they remastered everything. Uh, I think yes, that was the right, one hour yeah. episode. Well we did, yeah. 
That sounds about right. The first one came out in '99. I think the Phantom. Uh, what was the, the first Phantom one? Phantom Menace. Was that the? Yeah, it was the first yeah, one? Right. Yeah, yeah, I think it came out in '99. Right. But yeah, I think that was one because of the first they shows that we did. Yeah, I was, remember editing a, a music video for to Weird Al's Yoda. Yep. I was actually just yeah. talking to somebody about that the other day. <laughs> you know, it's been lost to time. Copy and, that somewhere. I yeah, don't have I, it anymore. Somebody's going to have a copy of it somewhere. Yeah. But. Yeah, I was. I, was I, I might be that, that person. I, I do have some old. <laughs> do you? I don't know if I have the first few episodes. I'd have to go back and look. I, I have I some of the through was, the lens uh, tapes. I but... think that was episode three or four. Mm, okay, that started yeah. in February. I think that may have been May. Our first episode was Oscars. Do the Oscars where right. Shakespeare in Love won for best um, best actor. Yeah, right. I Gwyneth, that, Gwyneth Paltrow. How long ago we extended? <laughs> <laughs> the the blubbering Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh yes, that's yeah. right. Oh, boy, how far? Forget that fourteen minutes of our lives back. Right. Mm. Exactly. Wow. Hey, you know, this is a Toddcast. I was going to try to bring a little bit of sports into this. You know what I'm going to do, though? I'm going to tie in something that I saw when I was uh, watching these movies, uh, uh, when I saw Black Panther and Game Night recently, because they brought this up during the previews. I, I did not know this existed. A fantasy movie league? Are you familiar? I, I was not too. familiar I with not that. I know what that was. But are you intrigued that maybe the three of us should get involved with it? No, it, it basically, I guess you have to, every week you pick the eight top grossing movies and you compete either against yourselves or against, uh, you know, you can go to, just like in fantasy sports, you can join a league on a on a website or something. Wow. Or you can have your own little private league and compete against each other. That. Yeah, that would be kind of fun. That would yeah. be. That would be kind of fun to do something like that. Huh. So I had not heard about that, but I'm going to have to look either, at it. I hadn't either, so like I'm, I'm watching this, I'm up. going, oh, damn, this sounds like something that could be kind of a, <laughs> yeah. You know, through the lens meets timeout for sports talk right there, you know, there fantasy you movie league. That'd be, a cla- that'd be a classic mashup, you know, a classic crossover episode. Oh, there you go. No, <laughs> I love a good cross, a classic crossover episode, let me tell you. Oh, we all do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, so actually some real sports talk, and I'll even, sure. I'm throwing Mike a bone here when I do this. Uh, uh, the future of Rob Gronkowski, I know there's been a lot of talks uh, since uh, the Super Bowl, um, you know, where where his career may go and whether he may consider retiring. I know they've talked about Hollywood. Mike, I believe he's talked about some other avenues that he's exploring as well. Ah, uh, you're, you're going you're gonna to throw me the bone and say WWE. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he's coming back to the Patriots. <laughs> because, he, you know, if he, he's not going to WWE. So the sheer fact of the matter is, if he's worried about getting injured, taking in a profession where he's going to take off all the pads and then get slammed by bigger men that play in the, in the, in the NFL into unpadded canvas. And metal chairs. Yeah, he's going back. I mean, there, there is a tie-in. I mean, there is a legit tie-in in that um, he's, very good friends with a lower-level WWE wrestler named Mojo Rawley. And um, I think why a lot of this got started is last year at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. um, they had Mojo Rawley win a battle royal. And uh, Gronkowski was ringside, clearly involved in the, in, in fake, you know, the McMahons will do anything to get into the mainstream. I mean, right. that's why Ronda Rousey is now a full member of the WWE roster. Um, but they gave, they had Gronkowski at ringside while, while Mojo Rawley was there, and then this other wrestler, Jinder Mahal, um, got into a jarring with Gronkowski, and next thing you know, Gronkowski's in the ring, um, knocking the guy out and helping his friend win the Battle Royal. That's going to be the extent that you see Rob Gronkowski in the WWE. Um, he, this, this is just a, a wait-and-see game. I mean, if he retired and went to Hollywood, eh, I, w- I, w- 
wouldn't be stunned, but he's not signing with the WWE. What about the fact that uh, Vince McMahon wants to start up the XFL again in a couple seasons, and having a face like Rob Gronkowski to kind of front that might give that a little bit more credibility, to which, uh, based on the first XFL run, I can't imagine the second one's going to go any better. But if you have someone like Rob Gronkowski as kind of the face of the new league, maybe you get a little bit of traction with that. Maybe. Maybe. I, I don't see it, though. I, 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 I don't see it because uh, maybe in two, maybe we have this conversation two years when that league's ready to start. But it's not a, it's not a, it's not a consideration now because once again he'd go away for two years. I mean I, I, I I'm sorry he's not going to become a WWE wrestler. First of all, the, the the skills that those people have to learn to to actually make it a believable performance. Gronkowski's not going to learn in time to be any kind of an effective thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get back to Ronda Rousey is now involved, and she's clearly still training. They, they have to protect her because she got a little physical in one match on TV, not even a match, in a confrontation, and you could tell she's not ready. And this is a legit fighter. So Gronkowski can goof around all he wants, but no, he's never, he, he, he'd be stupid. You know, either retire and go to Hollywood or just, just play in a couple of seasons in the NFL. But, no, he's not going to WWE. He did, that's, that's, a, that's a pipe dream, and that's, that's never going to happen. I don't, I, I don't personally see that happening either. I think maybe he gives it two more years and then hangs it up. I guess it would depend on, on how he does on injuries this, this yeah. coming year. Um, if he can get through relatively unscathed, He's got two, maybe three years left in him before the body really starts to revolt and said, okay, you know what? I've had enough. We're stopping. And the other thing you got to remember, Gronkowski, is he comes off as an idiot. I mean, he, he just, if, if, you, if you looked at him with not knowing anything, just what he, his public persona, he comes off as an idiot, and he's not. Right. Um, the one thing I've always respected about him is the fact that Money. He has been savvy enough to bank every dime he's made of his NFL From salary NFL and salary, only live yeah. off his endorsements and extra stuff. Yep. So that doesn't. So that that removes the factor of stupidity. Sure. What'd you say? Stupidity. It eliminates the factor of stupidity. That's that's what, it stu- also eliminates the factor the, of I can't play football anymore and I'm broke. Right. Yeah, it's that's it's, it's a trap that a lot of younger players get into. So, so it's like I I have a long term plan for my life for my family. So, and I've got a brand, and you know I'm going to live off that brand, and I'm going to just invest everything and the millions I've made in the NFL. So when I'm done playing, that money's still going to be it. So it, it's I I think he's going to be in a very good position to do whatever he wants. Now, if he chooses to go wrestle, great. I mean, you know, he could have some fun doing it, but he's worried about injury. He's not going that way because the, that's, that's more, it's more of a physical toll on his body than the NFL. It would be hypocritical oh. if he went that route. Yeah, because yeah. there's no offseason. I mean, these guys are on the road 300 days a year mm-hmm. basically doing Hollywood-level stunts with no second takes, no padding, no nothing, they're amazing athletes and performers. And I've always thought that, and you guys have known me for a long time, and know that I've always thought that, you know, really respecting what these people do, 
as as a show, as as a spectacle. And and no, he'd be stupid. It, it it it's it's such a different life, and he doesn't need it. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Mike, and I was just throwing you a bone because I wanted you to get some wrestling talk in here on the Toddcast. <laughs> but no, truthfully, uh, Gronk is, uh, I think he's got the similar gene to Tom Brady where I think right now he still loves playing football enough that he'll keep going. I know there's been a lot of talk in interviews in recent weeks that has uh, spoken to the contrary that maybe he's getting a little sick of it or he, you know, this past year was kind of a drain on him and he didn't enjoy himself as much as he did. But I still think there's enough of a love for football there that he'll he'll keep pressing on for a, a couple more years. I believe he's still got two more years on his contract, which mm-hmm. ties in with, the, I think, the two years left on Brady's contract. Right. Don't also think, don't also lose sight of the fact that that's going to be a little bit of posture and saying, hey, you know, I'm getting beat up, I'm getting a little bit injured, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to come back, but you know, you know, if we, we looked at the contract again and put a few more zeros in there and changed some numbers and made them get a little higher, I, I, I'd probably be alright to come back. Well, with the exodus of Patriots that uh, left the team oh. today, maybe there's some room now under that cap that I they could... Say, uh, I say, you know, I would be more concerned the fact that the left tackle, one of their top receivers, one of their top running... I mean, people are just leaving this team in growth. Yeah. Out of all the guys who left today, I think Solder's the biggest concern because, you know, obviously, you know, you got a 41-year-old or soon-to-be 41-year-old quarterback whose uh, blind side is now no longer protected, or at least you've got a giant question not mark. as, as protected as Yeah, was, right. As I mean, was, you know, yeah. Solder may have not been the best left tackle in the league, but he was certainly good enough as far as protecting Brady. Some of the other guys, I think, you know, I liked Deion Lewis. I liked Danny Amendola. I'm not going to forget what they did for this team, but... You know, in the receiver core, you've got, you're going to have Edelman coming back, so you're not going to pay Amendola more or equal to uh, Edelman for a reduced role. And with Deion Lewis, they just uh, re-signed Rex Burkhead to a multi-year deal. They've got him and James White, and I know Gillisley didn't do much down the stretch, but I think they're still yeah. looking to things from him. I mean, I think there's enough depth at some of those other positions that they'll they'll be okay. I mean, I, I'm waiting to see now what they're going to do, whether they're going to try to draft a franchise left tackle or, or explore and get someone out there on the market for a couple of years, uh, at least till the end of, of Brady's uh, contract. Yeah, but you, I, do you honestly want a, a rookie playing left tackle uh, with a 41-year-old Brady? Well, if he's good enough, Solder stepped in, I think, his rookie season, if I remember. I mean, if you've got, if it's the right left tackle, I mean, if it's yeah. a bona fide, can't miss. But th- then again, those guys would be very up at the few, beginning of the first round. Right, where very Patriots few and far between, and you're not going to – the Patriots are certainly not going to trade up to get somebody like that. So – Really, are you going to find that diamonds in the rough that later in the round, or even in the later rounds, for somebody that's going to be quality enough to really protect Brady's blindside? Yeah, no, it's, know, it's it's a, a good point. I mean, know, granted, some good tackles have been drafted in like the middle and, rounds. Where you know, Solar had had, had uh, you know uh, Matt Light. There as uh, well, and Light stepped in as a rookie as well. I think his rookie year was 01, which was you know obviously Brady's first year as a starter as well. And uh, the two of them uh, went right, together. But Brady wasn't 41 either. No, no, <laughs> so, he wasn't. Uh, but but he, he also wasn't the pliable then either. Well, you know? I suppose <laughs> the Patriots window was closing. I mean, you know, yeah, they were in the Super Bowl this year. They're probably going to be the favorites to get there again next year. <clears throat> but the window was closing. I mean, oh, you know, absolutely. You can say all you want, but I think my biggest concern is. I don't see a plan for succession with Tom Brady. I'm not saying there isn't one. I just don't see it. Well, there was one. Um, 
There was one, but the timing, you know, Brady continued to play at an elite level. I mean, there aren't many 40-year-old MVPs in the NFL. Brady was one of them, and that's why ultimately— Yeah, and they were, there was no way they were going to be paying Jimmy G, what was it going to be, like $27 million to, to— Even if they slapped the franchise, franchise tag, it would have been— $27 yeah. million or something? I mean, I still think the time—like, I've said this on, on Time Out many times, but the timing of the trade of Garoppolo, like, they, I think they could have held on to him right now and slapped the tag on him and then tried to either trade him or move him or free up money. More and, value, anyway, but— yeah, I don't know. I mean, just... Well, that's uh, what they did with Matt Castle. That's right. Well, exactly, yeah. They with Matt Castle. And look at all the money. I guess Kirk Cousins just signed some unbelievable deal today. Well, yeah. as well as Soldier, by the way. We bring up Soldier. I think he's now the highest paid lineman in the history of football. But then again, the way the NFL free agency contracts get thrown around, everyone's the next... Like, Garoppolo is the highest paid quarterback right now, but it, I don't know, Cousins might have topped it. It's just... You know, it's insane the money that gets thrown out yeah. there. Sometimes that's not good. No. I mean, sometimes that's not good. And that's, that's, I think, the biggest reason why the Patriots have had this 18, 19-year dynasty. Yeah. A, they've had the best quarterback, the best coach, but they've also had their best player who has not tried to break the bank, which does not put them in a salary cap problem. It does not put them in a position where they can't afford to pay other players because he's always been willing to take a, a team-friendly contract. Um, and, like, you're seeing Seattle's defense get, get dismantled now because, you know, they paid Russell Wilson a lot of money, but now they don't have the cap room to keep everything. And I think that's, that's the, the unsung thing of this Patriots thing, is they've been able to keep players, and granted they've lost, they've lost some players because of not wanting to pay them enough, but not many of those guys, if any of them, have gone on to do much outside New England. Right. And they've had Brady leading by example. Brady Brady should be, by all rights, the highest-paid player in the NFL. Sure. He should be a $35 million quarterback. And he should have been at that status a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> not sure. Just, they're not just talking right now. Well, after sorry. winning the first three Super Bowls. Uh, know, like, yeah, yeah. This, this should have been something that should have been established a decade ago. Let's, but you know, recognize the fact that I want to win. I'm in a system that, that I can succeed in, you know, and... If I leave some money behind, now it's burnt them a couple of times because, you know, they didn't pay uh, Wes Walker, but if, if I don't hamstring the team, I'm going to be able to keep, you know, I'm going to be able to keep on a winning team, and, and let's face it, he's not doing bad outside the sport, even though I feel bad for him because his wife makes more money than he does. But, you know, he's probably getting over that. Yeah, well, you brought up Wes Welker, Mike. I mean, I don't necessarily think the Patriots missed the boat on, on not signing Welker because Edelman stepped in and and they still and they had Amendola then as well. I mean, they, and Wes Welker was not very productive after he left. He had what one good oh, year. Well, well the concussions were taking its toll. Right, yeah. he had one good year in Denver, and then it yeah. just went all downhill from there. Who right. have the Patriots let go? That Belichick has been on board. That has burnt them. That has come back and said. We shouldn't let him go. Why don't we have this guy? Yeah, no, I know. And I'd make the Never argument heard. for any of the guys that got let go or just walked today and signed big deals. By the way, you know, for the record, Malcolm Butler, boy, I got to tell you, from undrafted free agent to $30 million guaranteed dollars today, and I guess it was a five-year $61 million deal I heard with the Titans, but $30 million of it's guaranteed. 
when he got drafted four years ago. Well, it just said when he got drafted. by No, four years ago, he didn't get drafted. He didn't get drafted. He was a free agent. They sort of plucked him off the street. He makes a a Super Bowl-saving, you know, altering play to to win a Super Bowl, literally by himself. And, you know, and then you see his career progress where he turns into a pretty solid starter. You know, let's put the last Super Bowl to the side where, you know, what uh, this – (laughs) <laughs> that could be a whole other show and a whole other podcast, right, but right, right, right. but you know, again, I mean, he went from undrafted free agent to thirty million guaranteed in four years, and you know what? He may hate Bill Belichick for benching him in the Super Bowl, but he better send him a great present for the holidays to thank him because a lot of that thirty million dollars is due to Belichick and what he was able, and and the rest of that coaching staff for you know getting what they did and and the hard work of Butler too. Exactly, product of the system. Now he's very talented. He worked hard, but. Once again, is the system the product hit? I mean, the Titans, the Titans grabbed for thirty million dollars, but now he's out of the system. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to get their money's worth with him either. I mean, that's just they're I think not. they, no, they overpaid. I, I'm glad the Patriots didn't overpay. I was, you know, I wasn't necessarily, you know, having a party for Butler's leaving, but I think it was time for him to go. I think you, you saw the writing on the wall, and and obviously they didn't like the matchup in the Super Bowl, which may have had something to do with the benching, whatever. But uh, yeah, so it was That's time to move thing. on from That's him. the thing. And the Patriots have built their their dynasty on this do-your-job mentality, where they, they don't necessarily have the top player in each position. But what they look for are guys that are going to outwork you and fit into the system of what they're doing. They, so so you might not – Butler might not be the best cornerback in the NFL, but – the system that they put around him, they're designed to make him succeed and make him look good and make him play to his strengths. Now, not every team's going to do that. And that's the problem, is when they go to these other teams, they don't have, they're not playing in the same system, and it doesn't work as well for them. See, the three of us oh. know this, but I, I wonder, <laughs> why, why is it that the sports mediates, as I like to call them here in, in the Boston Mediates. area, or all new, throughout New England, yeah, they're media idiots, of course. I but yeah, you, uh, I hear Speaking you. of a mashup, you know, but, uh, you know, seriously, why don't they get it? Why, why have they been beating the same drum for the last 18 years that, you know, what's wrong with Belichick and all this and that, but, you know, five Super Bowls later and all these wins I, later. and It's, it's just, working. I mean, yeah, it, it, think of eight think straight about this, conference championship games. Think about this run since yeah. 2001. There are only two years that they did not make it to the playoffs. The first one was in 2002, right? And then the next one was in 2000 and, 2008 when Brady wasn't playing because right. he was injured in the and they second only missed series. Because yeah. of a, a tiebreaker. Right, right. They, they almost made because, it with Matt Castle that year. Right, they Matt, won eleven. Right, they games. won eleven. They were eleven and five. It was the only. They think the third time. Uh, a team in the uh, since they went to a 16 game schedule had uh, won 11 games and didn't make it to the playoffs since they introduced the wild yeah. card. I think Brett Favre was. blew that for Brett, him. Well, I was good. That was going to say that <laughs> yeah. Brett Favre again screwed us. <laughs> but he did that a couple of times, yeah. oddly enough, when yeah. they didn't make. Yeah, but but uh, that was when he was playing for the uh, with the Jets, Jets at yeah. that point in time, which was I digress. Anyway, um, those were the only two times that they have not made it to the playoffs. Now, have they always had playoff success? No. But they made it to the playoffs. Oh, I know. 15 out of 17 years or 16 out of 18 years in a row. And before 2001, how how many times did they make the playoffs? (laughs) Four. Wasn't (laughs) that many. Four or five, you know, at at best. And before Kraft, it was like one playoff game or, you know, in the NFL anyway. One playoff game at home before Kraft. Right, right. Exactly. So, uh, 
you know, we're we're spoiled. We've we've had a good run, and yes, it is coming to a close. Mm-hmm. the The sun is setting on the Patriots dynasty. It's 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 going to happen. Happens to you all knew, dynasties. Yeah, you could. I mean, Rome <laughs> isn't right. Rome anymore. Right. So it happens to everybody. <laughs> the British Empire. You yeah, know, that's exactly. Uh, you know, that's so it's it's been fun while it lasted. That's why when they when they when they lost the Super Bowl, I was like, eh, okay. Well, see, that's I the can, way I felt too about it. I yeah, like, it didn't really <sighs> bum me out that much. I was almost even a little, a little happy for Philadelphia, just because that city's been that starving was, for a Super Bowl. And if you're going to lose to a, a, you know, another team, I, I let it be Philly. I mean, that's, that's who, better than the Giants. Right, right exactly. Know, better right. than the Giants. And <laughs> it was just you know, horrible people. Right. And yeah, yeah. you know, it was their first, their first one. You know, I was like, all right, that's fine. I I made my peace with it quite early. I made my peace with it before the game ended. I was like, eh, all right, I can live with myself. You know. Yeah, um, and I'm not sure, you know, I'm one of those who didn't believe Malcolm Butler would have been the be-all, end-all difference. They no. could have still lost that game. It just would have played out differently. You know, right. I watched Butler all year. He had he was flawed. I mean, he didn't have a, that, you I mean, yeah. I, I think he would have been helpful at times the way, obviously, the defense couldn't stop him through the whole game, but maybe, right. you know, and oddly enough, in a game that ended with a great defensive play, there was only one great defensive play in the whole game, but it was the Eagles that made it, and, you know, maybe Malcolm Butler, who himself was, <laughs> you know, made the big defensive play three Super Bowls earlier, you know, maybe he would have been the guy to step in, but I don't know. I'm not. I don't think it was the same Butler this year. So uh, yeah, it didn't no. bother me that much. Uh, you know, they've won five. Like you said, Matt, we're spoiled. Uh, you know, it's, 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 I was like, you know, we can't win all the damn time. You know? you know, well, that's not what the mediates would lead you to believe. Well, like every year, they have to win, and if they don't, then they failed. They're a failure. What's wrong with them? Okay. Fire Belichick. That's the thing, though, is that I I remember watching for twenty years just when you could walk up to Foxborough. Uh, you know, 20 minutes before game time and buy a ticket because... Now, you grew up in Central Mass, right? I, I grew up in Marlboro. Okay, so I was, were you outside you of the blackout? Could you watch the Patriots when they no. weren't selling out? Okay, so you no, were within I was, the... No, I was within, within the blackout, yeah. yeah okay, okay. So See, I, I wasn't. I actually could watch them because I, no, no, I, I was I, west of you. I but. was... Uh, <laughs> I was Subject to the blackout rules. Yeah, so but I know Mike was, certainly. If, yeah. if I wanted to see a game, I had to be in Foxborough. Right. You know, and... For years that went on, and so I have an appreciation for what we what we've had for the last almost two decades. A lot of people, there are a lot of people that were that are Patriots fans now that have never not known them to be wildly success, wildly oh, successful. Listen to those millennials talk. Oh God! <laughs> you know how I fast know. they're going to jump off the bandwagon when the when oh, they do, when Brady horrible. retires and they start like losing or maybe they're five hundred or God forbid don't make the playoffs. Hey, I, and then those are the Patriots fans I can't stand. But you know what? They'll also say, but Garoppolo would have been the next guy. He would have kept it going. But the ones that can't I'm not convinced Garoppolo's going to keep it going with the Niners. But uh, yeah, he had five good games. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Oh, the Niners, the greatest team ever. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I salute you, Mike Higgins. I knew I'd get you. With Great that memories one. there um, as we approach 25 years of timeout. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. No, but you know, it's it's those it's those younger Patriots fans that don't remember the bad times. Oh, this is yeah, we're entitled to this. No, you're not. Nope. <laughs> Not even that you this is an aberration. You need to perspective and realize how amazing this is. Mm. How lucky you are and not to be so arrogant about it to actually appreciate it. Right. Because it, it, it could reverse real quick. And in fact, if not a couple of things don't happen, it doesn't happen at all. And if sure. it does, it's happening in Connecticut or St. Louis. Sure. So they're lucky to have it. And, and that's when, when they get entitled is when I, when I, when I stop listening. 
I mean, when I was young, I, I didn't, you know, I, I used to watch the Super Bowl every year and see other teams in it and go, when, when's my team going to get to play in it? And now in the Brady-Belichick era alone, they've been in eight Super Bowls. I mean, you know, I know people want to say, well, they're only five and three. Well, they could, you know, they could be eight and oh. Well, they could also be oh and eight. All those games were so close it could have gone either way. Right. Uh, well, I never told you had a jackass friend back then that would make you repeat after him that they were never going to win the Super Bowl. You know, and clearly that person, though very knowledgeable, just was mistaken. So very rarely. But. Jeez, who could that jackass be? Someone I've known for almost 25 years, maybe? Uh, yeah. Right. Hmm. I don't know. You it's know a mystery. I would never have done anything like that. It's I'm a mystery. Involved. Yes, I know. Reasonable. Someone who housed me, supposedly handle. housed me on the basketball court. Yeah, I'm, 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 not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm reasonable. I'm not from the flat to handle on judgment. <laughs> Tell you, Greg Watts is still going to come back for the Red Sox. I'm not, I'm not giving mm-hmm. up on Greg Watts or Mania. You got any quick thoughts on this year's Sox, Mike? Uh, I haven't watched enough, to be completely honest with you. I mean... Who's watching but, spring training anyway? I'm not, I haven't seen any of it. Not so. I. Yeah. No, I. You know, J.D. Martinez, I, I hope he's I hope he's going to be good. Um, but he's not Giancarlo Stanton, Mike. I, I don't <laughs> care. You know... I wanted Stanton, Mike. No, I'm, I'm doing You it. wanted to throw <laughs> off the entire pay structure of this team. You know, that, that's what the Yankees said. Um, I hope they got an exciting team. I mean, I kind of tuned out on them last year. Um, I don't know whether that was just me tuning out or what, whatever, but, um, I, you know, and, and maybe this is the product of you, you, you got a couple of World Series and it's, it's not that, like, urgency. I mean, I just want them to be an interesting team. Sure. So be in contention. Just make it interesting. I mean, I, I think they have a good core together. I think they've they've got to have some decisions in the future with some young players that mm. they're, they're not going to be able to keep them all. Right. Um, and I think they've got a problem. I think they may have a difficulty at closer that has kind of gone under the radar right now. Um, you know, and it's, it's sad why they have it, but Craig Campbell's daughter, who I guess is doing better, has had a Newborn daughter's had a very serious heart problem. He's had a couple of surgeries, and he's been in Boston. He hasn't been working out with the team, which right. is where he needs to be. And God, you know, it's more important than anything. But you know, if you just become this cold, hard baseball fan, he's not going to be, you know, clearly he's not as prepared for the season. So you know, you just hope that he's able to, you know, put this behind him, and, and hopefully it does, and everything comes out okay. Because once again, that is the most important thing. But. I, I think you know you gotta you gotta concern yourself. Okay, what what happens if something you know that he's he has to stay away from the team for his family situation, and you know that's where he needs to be. But you know they gotta worry about the closer. You have any thoughts on that, Matt? That you'd like to share? Or no, no, I don't. No, I, I to be honest with you, I haven't been watching or following as much baseball as I had in the past, and I think it's just. The time commitment. I just. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, the game's getting longer. Games are getting longer, and I have kids who do a lot of extracurricular activities, um, you know, extra classes and robotics thing, uh, chess club, everything like that. So my time is basically I'm the chauffeur and the cook um, (laughs) and the waiter. (laughs) So. Uh, so wait a minute, just so I understand this, Matt. Are the robots playing chess? Or are they chess robots? Or are the, no, no, the, all three. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> no. The, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were okay. I no, thought, I thought no chess, chess robotics, robots. Was one thing. No, okay. no, 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 no. Two two separate okay. kids. Got it. Different okay. schools. Um, but yeah. So 
you know, and, and one of my kids has taken an AP class that is at the uh, the museum, uh, the Worcester Art Museum, two nights a week. Oh, wow. So okay. it's like going to night school when she's, a, you know, a sophomore. So go figure. Yeah. Wow. I've been to that art museum before. Which kid is this? Yeah. Uh, the one who's a sophomore. You can't figure that out? <laughs> I'm trying to... Oh, dear Lord. It's not the one who was at my wedding as a newborn. It huh? is. <laughs> six weeks old. Wow. <laughs> oh, no, no. She's yes. still six weeks old. We're not that old. She, I, I, believe me. I, I, I feel you, bud. Um, oh, but my yeah, God. She's, she's a sophomore. Oh, that's not possible. Yeah, it's, it's no, possible. No, no, Not true. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. Sounds like she's closing in on a driver's license, too, huh? Uh, over my dead body. <laughs> <laughs> Insurance rates are way too high for <laughs> for new drivers. Can't can't afford that. Um, but yeah, so she's she's gonna be sixteen this year. He has to shuttle around a few more days. Yeah, well, there's that too. But yeah. either way, um, yeah. So I haven't had a whole lot of time. What we do, Matt, do what we do is we just moved. We moved to literally within sight of the school. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, I drive to school every morning because it's on my way to work, and we're still late every morning. So I don't know how I pull that off. Yeah, that's uh, the same. Same here. I, I actually, they've they've asked me to change my schedule at work numerous times over the last few years. It's like, nope, I'm the one driving kids to school. So, yeah, I this is the earliest I can get here. Sorry. Yeah. But, you know, really quick on my way over here tonight, they were actually, uh, I guess, the minor leagues in baseball are going to have a, a new. They're developing new rules. It's a 15 second pitch clock. And uh, also, in extra innings, they're going to put a runner at second base to start the inning. What do you guys think of that to help maybe speed up the game? That's ridiculous. I think it is, too. <laughs> I was going to say. It is kind of bastardizing the sport there, really. Like, like, why don't you just have home run derby? Which I think one minor league is doing gonna, that. Or, or not, not minor league. I think uh, one of these uh, summer college like the, leagues is doing the, it. The Cape Cod League or something like that. Something like that. One of the other ones. not the. Yeah, not I mean, you could league. do it like a shootout in hockey and just, you know. Have <laughs> dueling, <laughs> dueling uh, home run derbies, and just. I you hope know. they put that second baseball in the major leagues next year, because I just want to see Bob Costas' head explode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I make a shout? I mean, I didn't watch a lot of the Winter Olympics that just happened, and mm. and I don't. This is a dumb reason to not watch, but I'm in the small minority of people that I think I miss Bob Costas in that host chair. I mean. Jim McKay, okay, Jim McKay was the Olympic host of my childhood. Bob Costas has been the Olympic host of my adulthood. And I just, you know, no, no knock on Mike Tirico. He's, I don't know. I just, it was a little weird, you know, watching some of the Olympics as I did and, and not seeing Costas there. I, I know Mike will strongly disagree with me because he's never been a big Costas fan. But uh, I like Costas. He's fine. But no, I do strongly disagree with you. Because you also leave out the work that the great Jim Nance did, but, you know, and Tim Oh, Carver. God. Yeah, when they, right. speaking of bastardizing, oh, they had to come up with their own theme song. They got rid of the Olympic theme to come up with their own. That was just a, a train wreck. Actually, you know, the, the CBS Olympic run happened right during the years you were on timeout, if I remember correctly. I think they yeah. dovetailed perfectly yeah. into it. And I think we actually played that Olympic theme once on the show, and I chastised it then, and I'll <laughs> chastise it now. Heck, Jim Nance hasn't had a good role since How I Met Your Mother, I Saw the recent episode where he guessed it on that. So. First of all, Jim, how I met your mother, we don't talk about it anymore because after the finale, we'll not watch that show or anything that any of the cast is on. Oh, okay. So no Dookie Hauser reruns for you either? No, no. And wait a minute, wait a minute. What about the uh, Avengers? I think there's a certain actress from uh, the Avengers that's... And Buffy, you mentioned Buffy the Vampire Slayer earlier. There's another actress from that show. Yeah, but I'm not watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and well, not uh, anymore. Baldus has not been in the last two Avengers movies. 
She hasn't. What happened to her? She has because she went back to Canada <laughs> to become a pop star. Basically, and you know the only CBS music that should ever be played before sports. And I did, I did send you a picture of of a certain mug that I had on my table here oh, yes. doing the show. Of before. course. And if you if you look at the logo that's on that picture, it's of a certain um, golf tournament that happens every April. And that's yeah. the only music that CBS should play for any sports. Well, sport. let me get a quick thought from you on that, Mike, because one of the big stories in golf right now is the return of Tiger Woods, mm. who played pretty competitively for one week, and they're, I guess they're going <laughs> to see if he can string a second week of it together. But uh, he says he wants to make a, another run at Augusta. He's over 40 now. I think he's about five or six years younger than Nicholas was when uh, Jack won his last Masters in 86. I mean, is it possible? I mean, I guess at least just the talk that this is possible maybe makes it good for golf coverage or as, a, as just a I, general I will, fan. I will tell you right now that, that the that CBS, Jim Nance is locked in a closet somewhere at CBS with, you know, the the uh, prop Jobu and Jobu's rum from Major League, you know, voodoo spell to, to try to get Tiger Woods to contend in the Masters for the rating. <laughs> But at the same time, there's a second Joe Boo in Jack Nicholas's house that has been working very well to preserve his record of major tournaments. I would love to see him contend only because I think it would be a compelling story. And um, considering it's the only golf tournament I watch every year, um, faithfully, with my personalized, as, as Todd and Matt have attested, I have a personalized Masters cocktail glass that, that, that comes out for that. And it's right. right by me as I... I sit my um, my uh, let's just call it diet Pepsi. I import my diet Pepsi from Scotland because it just tastes so much better over there. That's what I hear. <laughs> I hear the the export or uh, imported the, the, version. The Scottish diet, the Scottish diet Pepsi from um, I get it from from a from a from, a, from an importer. His name is Walker, uh, Mister John Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's he not Scottish. It's crap. Nice red bottle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I I would love to see him do it. Um, just for the he he actually hasn't won um, since 2008 any any term right. of any significance. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, since that U.S. Open win. Yep. So it would be it would be compelling television to see him come back. The, the 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 equivalent of it is, and we've seen we've seen it in a lifetime, is Nicholas winning in '86. Um, out of any course, I think that's designed for him. I don't think it's going to happen. I I I think the game. I think he's moved into a seat, you know, the kind of, um, you know, kind of grand statesman status. I don't think he's going to contend, but it'd certainly make for compelling television, wouldn't it? Are you saying he's never going to win another major? Yes, I am saying that. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I thought I heard he said. Personally, <laughs> I, I would enjoy seeing the visual of those dueling Joe Boos. <laughs> I, could you imagine ad, actually adding a segment like that to the broadcast? Sure. That would be phenomenal. That's for best. Keep best for. I think one of the things that helps keep Jim Nance's mind off the whole Tiger and the Masters is he'll he'll be involved with the uh, March Madness going on these few weeks leading up to the Masters. He kind of goes from he goes from college basketball right to golf, so he doesn't really have time to sit there and and like contemplate. You know. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. You know. Thank goodness for that. You know. Yeah. 
You know, because if he did contemplate, he might also ask, like, how he wants his toast cooked. You you know the Jim Nance toast story, right? Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. You need to let this go. It's like me getting uh, getting involved oh, but, trying, to, trying to say I was going to throw Tim McCarver out of the Fenway Park. Press. Yeah, but seriously, really? I mean, come on. Does it matter how you're – you have to walk around with, like, a placard as to how you want your toast cooked? Like, it has to be to that color? Really? I mean, that's – you've reached a new level of vanity, I think, once you're, like, going around. Like, I'm so important. My toast must be – you know, off taupe or whatever color it's supposed to be that's not, I just don't, you know. Hey, you know. If Bob Lobel had taken that job instead of Jim Nance, I don't think he'd be going around holding up things of toast, but it's... Uh, probably not. Probably not. But I don't know how I Bob, amazingly worked Bob Lobel into well, this podcast. Time <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, three-time guest, and, you know, he was the one who said it would never be the, uh, Red Sox would never be the same after they won the World Series, and he was right. I also remember a caller that called into your show asking asking Bob Lobel if uh, Shelley Long was as big of a jerk on Cheers as everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I do. Remember that insightful call. I remember that too. <laughs> yes, yes. That was back when we used to have calls on the show. Yeah, actually, uh, that was that was. Right, well, to to well my credit, at least I gave you a heads up. I was going to do that one. <laughs> yes, I know you did. <laughs> the rare, Mike, I never. The I don't always up. say it publicly, but you you are a pretty funny guy. So, <laughs> at times, I'll, there, I'll couch it a little bit. There you uh, go. <laughs> yeah, because Mike's made, made me laugh so hard before I've done things I didn't think were physically possible. So yeah, let's just leave it at that. Because I, I made know. you laugh so hard. <laughs> yeah, what? All about you. About the baseball card. Yes, I know. And it's like, a, yeah, right. Send it to me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think we can we we can't recreate that moment. I'm no, afraid. No, you can't. But, Same uh, like with Chuck Cunningham's bedroom. You just can't rec- you can't recreate that at all. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Any other mindless sitcom trivia you want to get in there before we wrap up? No, no, no. I I, I think I probably I think I probably have done enough done enough wrapping up. <laughs> hey, you think maybe we can shoot for doing again? You know, maybe doing another one of these during the summer, maybe when the summer movie season's I in full swing. I would love it. I would, yeah. Would, I would absolutely love to do this. It's, it's been far too long. Um, I would love to do this again. I would love to do it as often as we could. Absolutely. I, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. I want to I I thank both of you, especially for the fact that you've set a new uh, TOST Toddcast record. We're closing in on two on hours. Two I hour think mark. I was going to say we're, we're getting damn close. <laughs> we didn't even do a TV show that was ever that long, <laughs> nope. let alone a podcast. So this is, uh, <laughs> will, this is uncharted territory. I, I will confess that my, my personal broadcast studio in my home has now, once again, been converted back into a bedroom. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> as, as, as my wife and dog have come up and have now decided to, to join me in, in the broadcast bedroom studio. <laughs> <laughs> well, give the big family and the amazing wonder dog a big hello from me. Uh, I'm going to say this. We've been closing in on two hours, and it, frankly, I think it's flown by, too. It Absolutely. Uh, yeah, know, say, I, I actually had to look at my phone. And go, oh my God, we've been on the phone for two hours. <laughs> yes, that's a, I, I did the same thing about 15 minutes ago. I was like, my Lord, <laughs> look at the time. <laughs> yeah. And we've done it, it just, without our commercials. We probably could have filled a, you could fill a, we could do a four hour show, hour with, show the commercials. with commercials. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Can start by saying the Oscar track? Don't, wait a minute, now, shouldn't we do like the, um, the best original song from this? You know, yeah, wherever. I won't sing it. Well, the best, Thanks. what, Remember Me did get uh, best original song from the movie Coco, which you didn't see. No, I didn't see Because Coco. You, your daughter was not a big fan of that movie. Can I make a confession? What? Now that we're two hours done, and not anyone that listened to the first hour 
probably made it this far, and if they have, well, hey, confession's good for the folk. <laughs> you know how, do you know how much I saw of this year's Austin? Zero. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> really? You mean you BS'd your way through that entire segment? I, well, I, I, I knew Can I do another I one of these? I read <gasps> the stories afterwards. You what? I, I, I read the stories, you know, the next day, and right. you know, part of my job is I had to post the winner's list, so I knew what happened. Okay. I mean, I knew enough of what happened, but no, I didn't watch it this year because I fell asleep. <laughs> 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 Completely honest. I yeah, that that happens to me on yeah. many and many of many a night. And of course, <laughs> so, Matt, you saw it two days later. I was and a couple. Of I only days saw later. bits and pieces of it myself live, and so yeah. So between the three yeah. of us, I was, I guess, the only one. Who well, I mean, we <laughs> to, and uh, we're going to spoil it for everyone, I'm sure. But our very first through the lens, we were reviewing. Uh, the Oscars, none of us had seen any of those movies at all. We winged that entire show it, from from top to bottom. And Mike Mike should You're be really able to confirm that. You admit that we, we winged only the first show? No, well, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not, not implying that at all. 130-something winged shows, I'm, I'm I believe, just talking about uh, with regard to the Oscars and when we first, you know, our, our, uh, our flagship there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we winged it, but you know, I mean, I I, I, I knew enough going in to, to to know what had gone on, but no, right. I mean, and it, I guess it maybe illustrates my point is I used to watch it every year, and I I was going to put it on, and something else came up, and I fell asleep. Like I just don't care, and nope. it was mostly because I can just catch the, the highlights the next day. So that's what they've got to adapt. You know, it's good they got to adjust and adapt to. They catch the highlights the next day. It's where everything is going. Yeah, I mean, and I mean that's just you know? the way. It's just the way people are consuming their media. They yeah. they want small right. bits and pieces. They don't want a three and a half hour show. No, they don't want three and a half hour baseball games. They don't even want three and a half hour football, football games. games. Slow right. down with replay. You know, uh, replays, video reviews, and all that junk. So yeah, right. No, we well, I, I watch. I watch. You know. I, you know. We touch on, but I watch WWE every week. You know, most I, I watch it down the down in the living room sometimes, but most nights, most Monday nights, you know how I watch Raw is I wait till about 9.30, you know, after I went to the bed and I go lay in bed and I put it on my phone mm-hmm. and I put a headset on and then I watch it and last night was SmackDown. I watched that one too and actually my wife was shocked that it was upstairs so fast, but I said, I only watch about half of the show. I, I'm only interested in about half of the storylines and I literally will skip the stuff I'm not interested in. Oh, absolutely. So years ago, you didn't do that, but now it's it's that kind of consuming. Like, and if something happens, I'll, I'll catch it. But you know, I just basically watch highlights of it. That's that's where we're going. I mean, you know, last night or two nights ago, we we essentially had three TVs in our bedroom. Uh, you know, my wife had her phone; she was watching was watching on my phone. We had the other, you know, we had our main TV that wasn't working. But no, we 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 had that. I mean. I know no no one else has probably had three TVs in the bedroom at any any time in in the past, but you know, ah, amateur. <laughs> I was say, four really? Wow, well, you we, topped a Higgins record. We, that, we I, do, I, yeah, that's impressive. I often, remember the Higgins record of three TVs, three working TVs in a bedroom at one point. Yeah, my my we uh, usually my wife has the big TV on just for background ambient noise. She's not. It doesn't matter what it is. She complains that she's watched everything on Hulu and Netflix. But it's really just—I mean, it's some of the some of the things she's put on there are just really like the old Highlander series. I mean, come on, uh, but 
It's really it's again for it's, it's background ambient ambient noise. Then she's got a tablet that she's doing something with as well. She's got her phone, and I've got my phone, and we're all just sitting there doing you know God knows what. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So, but yeah, and it's it it's exactly you you need the sound bites, you need the the highlights, the and that's when I watched the Oscars, I was fast forwarding through everything that I didn't care to watch. It was a you know a category about uh, you know. I don't even remember what it was. It doesn't matter. I fast forwarded through. I fast forwarded probably through seventy percent of the the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I mean know. that's how I watch WWE. Is is I'll watch it and like, oh, okay. I don't care about this because the storylines are all self contained with the matches. Like, I don't care about these two wrestlers. I don't care about the storyline. Boom. I'm gonna save. I'm gonna save twenty minutes off my life. You know, it's it's like that. Um. Yeah, it's it's right. it's everything is in everything is and it's funny. We 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 just have access to Hulu recently. And we look for stuff to watch, and we can't find anything. And it's mostly because there's too much. It's like mm. you just can't fi- figure out. I mean, for me at least, I have our time starting anything. It's like I want to watch, I want to watch, I want to watch, I want to watch. So, I mean, so it's it's really it's really a different way to watch things. The, the old television season in Sweeps Week is is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, everything's changing. Movies are going to have to change. Sports is going to have to see. Up. Do you like how I'm tying this all back in? Um, <laughs> this is this is some good good storytelling right here. Movies, TV, sports—they're all changing. Everything's gonna have to change the way it's it's viewed and consumed. I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah, no, I can't argue with any of that. Uh, certainly, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I if I'm watching TV, I'll see an ad for like a Hulu or a Netflix series, which intrigues me. But then you know the thought of you know subscribing to one of those services when I already got you know, a lot of options with cable. It's just, yeah, I mean, there's just, you know, there's only so much time and money that can be invested in that. And, uh, yeah, you, you know, I'm probably missing out on some good quality stuff that's on some of, like, you know, the Netflix and the Hulu channels. But, uh, oh, well, so be it. <laughs> For now, anyway. I mean, There's also more to life than watching TV. Also very true. This is true. Mm-hmm. There's reality, reality, reality. Real life, <laughs> that kind of reality. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Best way to go. Well, guys, yes, I, I see we've officially passed the two-hour mark here now. So, uh, boy, we, we did it. We made history. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank I want to thank you guys for, for uh, doing this. I'm glad we were finally able to get our schedules oh, lined up. Oh, well, thanks a, thanks for bringing it up, yeah. Yeah, no, Mike, thank you very much uh, for calling in. And, Matt, thank you for making the uh, the drive from Central Mass uh, post-snowstorm. Yeah. And hopefully, I guess, with another one maybe on the way. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, we'll see. It's crazy, but yeah, let's try. We'll try to do this again, maybe sometime during the summer, some summer evening. Uh, yeah, you know, definitely. And we can talk about the the run of uh, good movies because uh, there's a lot of stuff we didn't get into here tonight. Right. We'll yeah. save it for save it for another podcast. There you go. But, uh, yes. So the first TTL uh, reunion here in the books and uh, uh, a huge success. So uh, yeah, tell all your friends. I'll uh, put the link up on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can uh, don't, you know we can follow of course. Uh, Time out for Sports Talk on Facebook. You search for that. And then on Twitter, our handle, again, is at TOSTBMC. Matt, you mentioned your Twitter handle is at TTLMatt, which we'll, we'll link up there. Yep. And uh, well, you can, uh, if you follow us on social media, you'll get the links to these podcasts. Don't forget as we... mine, at Pontifex. <laughs> right. Right. Right, Pope Francis slash Mike or something. You know. <laughs> Hashtag Pope Mike. <laughs> Actually, here's a trend. Why don't we start that one? Hashtag we'll that Pope trend. Mike. There it's it is. There's a statue of me in front of that studio anyway. Uh, of course, of course, from the award-winning. We're getting into uh, that already again? Yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, once again, uh, thank you, uh, thank you, Mac Indolfo, Mike Higgins from the award-winning uh, Through the Lens, and uh, we'll uh, I guess we'll use this uh, point to sign off. Uh, until next time, uh, this is Todd Bloniers. Want to remind you and thank you for, of course, checking out the TOST Toddcast right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network. 